I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's that time of the week again. The Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing the NRL tour. And we are very lucky here on the fifth and last NRL podcast to have back again for our grand final show, Paul Kent from the Daily Telegraph, NRL 360. You can catch him this week for the finals edition, Monday to Thursday, Fox League, Channel 502, and also Sunday, Triple M NRL on 104.9. Mate, fantastic to have you back, and uh, thank you very much. Yeah, not a problem. It's a pleasure. What did you make of the games on the weekend, mate? I thought they were magnificent. I thought uh, for different reasons. There was a lot to take out of both games. I thought the uh, Storm could have won by 50 if they won the game the whole game. And I thought that, um, yeah, the Cowboys just keep producing magic, don't they? Yeah, they do keep doing so. And uh, talking of the prelims, I suppose, go a bit more in-depth on the Storm Broncos side of thing. I looked at that one and thought it was a bit uncharacteristic of the Storm. Uh, You know, there was a couple of errors... uh, the bomb try by Vudavala, that kind of stuff you just don't see. And that, that right edge, Will Chambers made a couple of crazy decisions and they held out the Broncos and obviously dodged a couple of bullets and uh, kind of got the feeling that it really sank their confidence right on halftime when Curtis Scott set up that try for Addo Carr. Yeah, look, the thing about the... I think the storm started slowly because they had the week off and they came out, their intensity was a little bit down. But the great thing about the storm is even though they just weren't... At, at full speed, they were a little bit off their game. Their defence still held solid. So let's remember that's the first time in, in four years Brisbane have been held to nil. Uh, the last time they actually held to nil was by the Bronco, uh, by the Storm as well. Um, but the first time in four years they've been held to nil, and only once uh, another time this season were they held to less than ten points or ten points and less when they played the, the I think Bulldogs in round three. So. Uh, it was an extraordinary defensive performance from Melbourne, and even though their attack wasn't clicking, their defence held them in the game. And uh, you're, you're spot on the moment they scored that try before half time. It was almost like the air went out of the Broncos. Their shoulders physically slumped. They they'd given everything they could to try and get out of the line, and not only with all so much possession in their favour, couldn't score, but actually went into half time trailing eight nil. So from that moment on, it was always. Melbourne's game to win, and once their attack clicked into gear, off they went. Yeah, that's right. They they almost score points uh, with their defence, don't they, by not conceding. I mean, points saved is as good as points scored, and if you have a look yeah. at their um, their run, they're on nine wins in a row at the moment, Melbourne, and the most they've conceded in that time is 16 points. So, And yeah. that was against Parramatta, and, and again, they were uncharacteristic yeah, well, that day. Two so. tries with 12 men on the field as well isn't a true reflection of their defence yeah. on that day. So, But, I mean... Really, I I can't see Melbourne scoring any less than 16 this week. So the Cowboys are really going to have to break that 
um, that streak if they're to win this weekend. Look, I, there's no doubt I think Cowboys have got 16 points in them, but whether Melbourne allow them to score the 16 is another story because I think Melbourne's attack is probably on par with sides like the Roosters and the Cowboys and, and the like, but their defence is exceptional. It streaks ahead of everyone else. Um, there was one little sign that I didn't like in, in terms of their edge defence. They seem to be conceding ground on their edge. Um, in the past, they sort of come up and, and up and up, uh, as we would say, and, and take that time away. But at the moment, they seem to be bending on their edges and conceding ground. I don't know whether that's a tactical change or or what it is, but that concerns me a little bit. But I do think that Melbourne are going to have to make a lot of errors and give the Cowboys a lot of ball for them to be in this game on the weekend. Yeah, but the one thing the Cowboys have got against that is that they are a side who uh, their completion rate's very good, so mm. they will make Melbourne work in defence. They will get through their sets, and they don't just plough through straight up the middle with, with short, you know, with a few passes to, to get through their sets. They actually do play a bit of footy and manage to hang on to the ball. So they'll, they'll test Melbourne a little bit. Um, it's just, look, I, I think it's a Melbourne win for sure, but you've just got to wait and see now. You've just got to... Uh, I just... Yeah, well, certainly the Cowboys are capable. I'm just quite not quite sure how they're going to go about doing it. Yeah, yeah. it was second half in that game. Going back to it, uh, kind of got the feeling that if Brisbane couldn't score off that first error from error from Solomona, that they were basically gone. And it panned out to be that way. They blew them off the park. Slater ran wild. All the forwards chipped in. A Solomona. The bench has just been outstanding this year, and they've got that sprinkle of youth to their side, which is really stepped up. And if you look at this game, it was Felice Cafusi, those bench forwards, these kind of guys that ended up taking control. And in the past, if it wasn't the big three, you'd say, how are Melbourne going to win and where are the points coming from? But not only are they the best defensive side in the competition this year, they're the best attacking side as well. Yeah, and, and the thing about Melbourne, this this version of Melbourne, they've been uh, offensively, this side is probably the best Melbourne side they've put out because they can score so many different ways. Before, they had to to go out and just get you into an arm wrestle and just grind away and then they would rely on a bit of Cooper, Billy Magic essentially, whether it was a little short pass or whether it was a kick through behind the line or something like that. But this Melbourne side, yeah, we saw on the weekend, yeah, Kafusi comes up with a pass. Uh, Scott came up with a pass. They can score long-distance tries. They weren't a side known for scoring long-distance tries, but with those two wingers in the team now, they can go 80, 90 metres to score a try. So... They've got so many ways to score now. They can they can put it out on the you know, score out through the edges. They just, they can score through the middle. They've, they've done it all different ways through this final series, and that's just what makes them so dangerous. Because you can't you can't you know to, to combat that you can't center your defence in one area or focus your defence in one area because the moment you do, they'll get you somewhere else. Hundred percent. And uh, in wrapping up that game, just a quick note on the Broncos. Thirty zip. They went down. We've been discussing the last few weeks about the uh, obviously the changes in the spine. Darius Boyd hurt. McCulloch was a big loss, but we felt like Ben Hunt probably should have been playing at seven. And then to take things a step further now that their season is over, looking at them next year, Jack Bird's coming in and obviously Andre Saveo's coming from overseas. But I'm looking at their middles now that Asase's gone. Blair, I didn't consider much of a front row. I don't know where it's coming from. They've got some young kids in Payne Haas. Pat Carrigan, George Fye, and they might try to register Lodge, but I got the feeling that they might go backwards next year and they don't have the control of the depth in their halves now either. Yeah, I think that's a fair call. I think that you've got a... Uh, <laughs> they haven't really got a, a natural playmaker in the seven next year. They, Mick Arima goes okay, but I 
wouldn't say he's at the, at the level they need him to be yet. Uh, McCulloch was the big loss, obviously, through the season. Mm. Uh, I think that was only really experienced last weekend. Like, they, they dropped by and probably masked the, uh, the absence of him a little bit in some of their other games. But they were really found wanting without McCulloch just to, to keep that middle tight and to keep them ticking through there. And obviously, by moving Hunter Hooker, you're weak in two positions to try and strengthen it, but uh, it just didn't it didn't come up. So, mm. well, the massive, uh, uh, yeah, the massive hole there was their kicking game. I mean, moving him to nine, they just lacked a kicking game, and territorially, they just struggled against Melbourne. Yeah, uh, but they, but even when they had territory, they weren't they weren't converting. They no, were the right. first half there, eight nil. I think they had sixty percent of the sixty percent of the ball was in mm. Melbourne half of the field. So. They had certainly territorially that half, but they just weren't able to do anything creative enough to, to break down the Melbourne defence, and that was their problem. They, they, Melbourne weren't tested enough, and uh, they couldn't score the points when they needed to. What about playing Darius Boyd? Good call, bad call? We, we tended to think if he wasn't 100%, they shouldn't have played him. Uh, it looked as though he wasn't 100%. Um, well, he clearly wasn't because he didn't yeah. get through the match. So you don't, you don't play him to, to play him for 53 minutes as they did. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you just push your chips in, don't you? If it's if it's an all-in game, I, I can get get that side of it. Um, we'll move on to yeah. the other game, the Roosters Cowboys game. Probably one that the Roosters, particularly when Ferguson went over to score, uh, when Justin O'Neill made that error, I thought, well, it'll be very tough to for the Roosters to lose this game. But they they did. Um, it's probably been characteristic of the Roosters this year, not finishing off games and not being able to put 80 minutes together. But I mean, the, the Cowboys, they completed. They didn't make a lot of errors and they, they kept themselves in the game and they were good enough to win it. Yeah, 100% right. At the um, Roosters paid for what they've been doing wrong all year, which is they have, they have real concentration lapses. So, so Blake Ferguson scores a try, puts them ahead, they're going great guns, and then off the kickoff he drops the ball to have a one. It just, it just doesn't make sense. Like the, your first priority after you score the try is to get a good set of weight and a good kick at the end of it. He drops the ball, tackle one, and straight away they're under pressure again. Latrell Mitchell twice puts the ball off the kickoff mm. dead. Like he's got, he's got 350 square metres of, of, of turf he can find, he can't find it. So they are just rudimentary mistakes that you, you cannot make it at that level of a game. And uh, the, uh, the Roosters have been making mistakes like that all season long. Trent Robson tried to get it out of their game. He spoke about it. To the players, I think it came a point where I think he realised he was not going to get it out of the game. So what he did was try try to change the narrative a little bit to make it appear as if, look, we we don't put together a full eighty minutes, but we don't need to because we can still we can still uh, yeah win the big moments is what he said. And if you win the big moments, then you win the game. But but ultimately that came back to bite them on the weekend. They won a few big moments, but not enough. And and in the moments when they 
Well, it really does sum up their season, does it? We've said every single week you get 15 minutes here, like that Tigers game, then they almost blow it. Uh, the Melbourne game, probably the closest to their most complete performance, and they gave away a seven-tackle set at the most critical time. But you can't complete like they did the other night at 68%. They lost the penalty count again. 13 errors to five. They conceded five dropouts and just critical errors. Two kickoff penalties, two errors after they scored points, two first tackle errors. It's just absolute insanity. Suicide. And, and it, suicide. It's more crazy to think, we've said it all year, you've been waiting for them to click because they won 12 games by less than six. They still finished second and they're absolutely a stacked side, but um, it's, it's almost mind-numbing to think they got as far as they did conceding so many errors and penalties. Yeah, it is. That just speaks to the talent that's within the side, that they're able to go out and when they are far and they can really score some points. So that, that's essentially where it's at. But uh, you, you're spot on. It's just that they, they paid the price for something they, they had all through to try and get right. They recognised they needed to get right, get right up. Well, another thing you've got to question as well, and I wasn't a big fan of it the last few weeks, was the edge defence. He had Orbison and Madison playing those edges, and I think that was a downfall not only defensively, but in attack, he's seen a couple of times Madison get stuck with the ball when he had a, the man outside him in Latrell and just carrying Tupa on the bench. There was a lot of tactics there, but I find a bit odd from Trent Robinson, who we both look at as one of the best coaches in the competition, but I, I think he's made a bit of a furphy there and maybe Joseph Manu or someone should have been in the side ahead well, of him. But You, you watched Joseph Manu play last night yeah. and he was exceptional and Tupo was clearly busted. And so if you, you're picking? only going to play him for 10 minutes at the end of the game, it just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I thought they could have used Evans or another middle or at least, uh, you know, Lindsay Collins will probably come into the forward rotation next year from Wyong. So really confused that they rolled with Tupo on the bench and, uh, you know, Watson as well. I, I thought that left them a bit vulnerable. Yeah, I can't understand that either. That's a... The thing about the Roosters is they talked tough all week, but they didn't go out. And they, one, they didn't pick a team that, that was probably their toughest team. They left tougher players out of the side now, starting one up. And, um, they didn't go out and play tough. They, they spoke about Tamalala and they're going to go out and do this and do that. And in the end, it just didn't come to fruition, which is a concern. And it's interesting, Trent Robinson, only a few weeks back, said we don't talk enough faxes and those in the game. We don't talk tactics. We talk too much of the other stuff. I think this might be a week where he's quite happy we don't have that conversation. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Uh, looking at this one, I think another thing that stands out from this game, Cowboys obviously got the hard run in. They've had to play the Broncos, the Roosters. They played the Sharks, Panthers, Storm. Uh, you know, they lost a lot of those games, but I kept saying that, you know, compared to some of these teams that were going to finish eighth, I would have rather see them. I felt they deserved it, even though nobody really deserves to make finals. But the last three weeks, they've just tightened their belt up. They've completed well. They don't take any chances coming out of their own end. And Michael Morgan, um, I know a lot of people are surprised by the explosion and the sudden way he's been playing his football, but really when you think about it, with Jonathan Thurston there, he's always kind of had a role and he hasn't been able to take full control of the side. But, dear God, you'd have to say, from what you've seen the last 10 or 12 weeks since he's been in control, he, he'd almost be the premier half in the competition right now. Oh, 100%. Yeah, you know, he, he's going very well. And they're, look, they're a side... Uh, Paul Green, I think, we, 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 we ignored him thinking about it, but they're a side who, despite the fact they didn't... I think they won one from their last six or something like that coming to the finals, which was hardly... It's not going to make your knees weak when you see that, but they're playing really good sides. One, they're playing top eight sides in all those contests. Uh, they were a little bit busted with injuries. I think they still are busted with injuries, to be truthful. But throughout that, Green was saying to his guys, and he's throwing points in the game where if they look, guys, 
Adapted their style to their injuries, absolutely. And if their finals average, they're eighty-five percent completions and only eight errors. So that's not something that you would uh, normally associate with the Cowboys because they've got that flamboyant style when they've got Thurston and those guys in there. But to take them out and then to still achieve the result that is achieved is nothing short of outstanding. And to me, they've got the form half in Michael Morgan. They've got the form forward in Jason Taumalolo. Uh, but the the question this week is probably going to be: Is Matt Scott going to play? Now they they sort of named him last week and no one really expected him to play, but I guess this week it seems a little bit more realistic that he may play. Um, what's your take on it? I, I'd probably lean to you stick with the 17 that got you there. They've got the momentum, but, I mean, he's a he's an origin, international, outstanding player, but he hasn't played since round two. Yeah, that's true. I look all good. Yeah? I, I, know, I know it's a risk, but... Uh, look... Depends which way you want to go. Some people say, why would you risk him now? You let him sit down and just kind of get another six months in to work on his knee and he comes back fully fit. And that's great. But he comes back next year. You, why are you bringing him back? Why are you playing him next year? You're playing because you want to win a grand final. Yeah, and you're there. That's, and this week you're there. Yeah. So you've got to, this week you've got him in the grand final and you don't need to get many minutes out of him. I, I, the concern last week was not whether he could get through a 10 or 15 minute spell. The concern was if they lost someone like Cohen Hess, who they weren't sure about early in the match, and, and Scott was on the bench, then he'd have to go out and play maybe 50 or 60 minutes. And the two concerns, one, they didn't think he had the, the match fitness to get through that, but two, they didn't want to put him in a situation where he was forced to do that because, as you know, when you get fatigued, you uh, your body gets a little bit loose, yeah. and they were, they were afraid that under fatigue, the cruise ship might go again. Very mm. cool. But, then, but look at it this way. You're trying to win a grand final. You're playing Melbourne. You play Tom Alolo and you send him out for 27, 28 minutes. And say, go your hardest. And then you bring him off and you put Scott on. And you're playing through to halftime. He plays in a 10, 12-minute spell. Gets to halftime. He has a 15-minute break at halftime. And then you come out and you say, mate, go as hard as you can for as long as you can. And you know that after... Another 10, 12 minutes, he's probably going to fatigue, at which point you then say, right, and you pull him off, that's it for the day, and then you send Tamalolo yep. on. 
Now, if you can get through that, I think that's a, a real boost for your side in a grand final. And I, I get the whole uh, loyalty to the, the squad that got you there, but there's no doubt within that team, uh, very much a team first culture, within that team, uh, Matt Scott's the number one prop yeah. and uh, needs to be considered that way. Yeah, well, I think if he's fit, in, yeah, if he's fit enough, you, you pick him. I, I can see that argument as well, definitely. Yeah, well, you leave it up to him. You've got to, you've got to say to him, look, the doctors will know where his knee's at now. There was talk last week um, that he's, he was probably rushing to get back for last week and, and he might have to wait wait another week. But Green didn't name him for the... I don't think for the, the distraction that Paul was. I think he named it because he's a genuine chance. He said he deserves, as the captain of the side, he deserves to be to be considered if he's fit enough, which is what he's done. So this week you have to think he's obviously another week closer to being ready. And it's a game that matters. That, you know, there's no guarantees the Cowboys make a grand final next year or any other year. They're in the grand final this week. That's, yeah. that's what I think is on, on Paul Green's mind. Yeah, 100%. Well, moving on to that main game, obviously, I think the best thing to come out of this for me is the storylines. I don't think we could have got a better run, and call me delusional or not, I think this finals run, even though the run-in wasn't as dramatic as Parramatta in 09, I'm more excited for this, and I think this is almost a bigger feat by the Cowboys, considering they've had $2 million sitting on the sideline than, say, the Hayne well, run. Well, they've arguably the best player in the game sitting on the sideline. That's exactly at right. least, At least the top three player. A few people called me nuts the other day, but I'm honestly been just blown away the last few weeks that they've got to this point, missing those players, the way they've evolved in such a short period of time. I, obviously, you can't call it a fairy tale like you were talking about yesterday unless they end up winning it, but I find this run to the grand final more insane to me than the Parramatta one in 09. It has been. Yeah, it's been great. And... week it'll be forgotten That's the big storyline. Obviously, on the other side, does Kronk play on? I don't think he will. If they win, they'll retire. And Slater, 299 games and winning the Premiership. I kind of get the feeling he would want the 300. But uh, after all he's been through, to make it to this point and keep playing this year, I'm not 100% sure if he will push on if they do well, win I, the grand final. I don't think he's going to play a whole another yeah, whole season just for one game. If they so. win the grand final, I think that may be enough to maybe quell things. But. And then he'll get the World Cup as well. Like It's it's a nice way to go out. If he won Origin, won a Premiership, and then won a World Cup, Like not many people get to go out like that. Um, yeah, I think he'll play that. I think he'll play that. Um, 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 I think he
I, I really do. You think I he'll play on? I, I tend to lean yeah. that way as well. I think he's got at least two more good years left well, in him, the way he's playing. I, I mean, he's, hope so. He's looking after himself. Like, you know, he, he's got the body of a 25-year-old. So. Yeah, I, I think he'll keep going. I think it's one of those things with him where he hasn't wanted to probably rain on uh, Cooper's parade too much this season, so he's yeah. kept his own business to himself. But I think that they'll sit down at the end of the year. I think I, I think at some point the Storm might have said to him, look, mate, there's plenty of money in the cap there if you're going to play on another year. And uh, we've got patience to wait and see. So I think that there will be a decision there at some point. But I, I think you'll keep going with it. I don't think you'll... He'll retire now. Yeah, well, you think they've got a pretty good contingency plan. You've seen Jack's come in on the cheap this year, the emergence of Croft, Brandon Smith, uh, you know, targeted recruitment and junior development, and then obviously Jerome Hughes, who most people don't yeah. even know. He, he debuted as an 18-year-old at the Titans a couple of years in Q Cup and spent time in the Cowboys system and now with Melbourne. So uh, either yeah. way, I think they're in pretty good stead if they do lose those two guys, having Munster there to move back to fullback or keep playing six if they want him. Yeah, well, that's a sign of quality club, isn't it? Exactly right. Yeah, no, they're exactly absolutely right. They're absolutely ridiculous. All right, let's make some predictions. Yeah, more tactical about this, I guess. Uh, if you're going to look into it, the Cowboys have to keep doing what they're doing. But realistically, when you look at what they're doing, come out of yardage, no errors. They try to prey on your uh, mistakes and obviously the good ball in Morgan's kicking game, Tamalolo. I think they're playing a Melbourne brand of football. And if they're going to go set for set and look for errors and uh, try and do a high completion, that Melbourne's going to end up winning this game. And I think the middle forwards for Melbourne have a real good chance here to run roughshod on this pack. Obviously, you can't stop Talmalolo. You've got to limit him, but I think there's just way too much strike. Being a Melbourne fan, I I think this is the best side I've ever had. I know the 07 side was, you know, formed through cheating, and it's hard to compare, but um, out of all the legit sides, I think this has got the best mix of youth and obviously the big three in there. Um, I think Melbourne will probably, uh, you know, stick in the grind with them for 40, 50 minutes, but I don't think the Cowboys can maintain it for 80. The Cowboys are going to jump them. If the Cowboys can jump them and put some points on them, well, I think you can rattle Melbourne. Like, yeah. Parramatta sort of got that with the Simbining, and they Melbourne got behind, and they looked a little bit rattled, Melbourne, but I, I think if they get out um, and they get into their rhythm, Melbourne, and they get some points on the board early, I find it difficult to... to think that the Melbourne are going to be like the Roosters and concede points and dumb errors and let them back into the game. They'll strangle them. Uh, their kicking game to me, like I looked at kick metres during the finals last night, Tamari Martin's only got 17 kick metres in the three yeah, games. Or Morgan. Lachlan Coote's got 300-odd and Morgan's got 1,500, 1,600. So it makes it fairly easy to pressure their kicking game. Jake Granville doesn't have a kicking game either. So I think territorially Melbourne will dominate it. If Melbourne make... Melbourne are going to have to make 12 errors, 15 errors, for the Cowboys to win this. And the other thing was the seven tackle sets last week for Melbourne. I don't think you're going to see that again. And, uh, you know, why I thought the Cowboys did a real good job on shutting down those sweet plays from the Roosters like Melbourne like to use as well because they have such a good pack this year and a good side. Melbourne can beat you so many different ways. So I don't think they're going to get stuck trying to play too much to the block blocks and structure. They'll, They'll hold the football. And I think there's a multitude of ways they can win the game. But I honestly... Can't see the Cowboys maintain it with them for 80 minutes. No. Mm. I, I, look, it depends. If the Cowboys get in front, they're a chance because Melbourne don't like to chase points. The way I see it, though, I, I think it'll be a very tight game until. Once Melbourne, if Melbourne can skip more than a try clear, which mm. I think they eventually will, then I think they'll, at that point, I, psychologically, I think the, the dream will end for this for the Cowboys, that they'll be like, okay, they've got us now. And when that happens, generally there's a bit of a drop-off and a couple of 
couple more times go. So mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we score see a fairly wide small margin this weekend, only because I think that they're on such an emotional ride, the Cowboys, that once the game appears out of reach, part of you sort of starts to say, we've given it a good shot, but, but that's where we are now, and, and that's where it'll end. So I think from that point of view, I give Melbourne, I think it'll be nice and tight for a long period of game, but I think once the points start to come, they'll really begin to come. Yeah, well, no lineups obviously being Monday, but I expect Melbourne to be one to seventeen with the exact same bench on the Cowboys. You said it before, um, you know, a bit of a dream run. They've been busted, they've maintained it, but you've got Winnerstein. I think they said low. They've got a concern over his eye. Hess is playing with a bad knee. Um, you obviously felt the other night with the groin. So even on that side of things, uh, if, if they end up winning this, this I think is one of the biggest grand final upsets of all time. But uh, I'm going to go yeah. the Storm. I have to go the Storm. I think one to twelve as well. I, I think they'll keep it close for most of the game, but I'm going to go Storm by 10, and I think the Clive Churchill medal will go to Billy Slater. Yeah, I think uh, Storm 13 plus. Clive Churchill, I don't know, probably, yeah, Slater, one of the big three. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think Cameron will be odds on to just top off a great week to the Clive Churchill. I think he'll win the Daly M this week on Wednesday night, and I think uh, maybe he'll kick on to the Clive Churchill, and I think 13 plus too. I think that once they get going, Storm will score a few points, and and really put the game to bed. Yeah, well, I can't see uh, too many disagreeing, but the fairy tale run, it's momentum versus consistency. We'll have to wait and see what happens. And Boxhead mentioned the Dalliums, aren't we? We're going? We're going. We're locked yeah, we're in. Going. Boom. Yeah, so. Good times. We'll, uh, we'll be sliding around there trying to mingle, I suppose. One more thing <laughs> off the uh, grand final bandwagon. It's been talked about the last few weeks, and it's been a big thing uh, we've been talking about. No one's really highlighted this, though. The whole Penrith thing, you know, keeping the three players. Do you want Moylan? Do you want May, Edwards, Cleary, etc. Find a money in your cap. I'm looking at the Manly side of things, though, and the New Zealand part more so than anything, thinking, am I the only one who's insane to think that Blake Green has helped out Daly Cherry Evans in such a big way that if they let him go to New Zealand, not only do I think, is that a fatal error, but Matt Moylan and Daly Cherry Evans just don't work together in the halves. Well, I know Blake Green's gone. The deal's done. He signed the deal. It's done. I'll put my house on it. 100%. Done. What do you think, PK? No? Okay. No, I think I think he wants to go, and I think he's been... See, he's got one more year to run at Manly. Warriors want to get him three years. Uh, he, wants, he wants an extension at Manly. Manly aren't willing to give him the three-year extension. So he's then his manager's putting around that he wants to take the three years at the Warriors. Yeah. Now, Manly aren't against the idea, but they want to know if they can get Moylan now. There's no guarantee for them at the moment that Moylan is leaving the club. And uh, if he does leave the club, which is more than likely, but it still has to be worked out. But if he does leave the club, then they'll be certainly interested. So will West Tigers be interested. So there's no guarantee that... Yeah, there's a few... Dominoes to fall, yeah. ...in place, but once one falls, they'll all fall. But the, the key is whether Penrith released Moylan or not, because if Moylan, Penrith don't release Moylan, then my understanding is Manly won't release Green to the Warriors, and, and it won't happen. So okay. we'll just wait and see how it goes. Are you of the opinion, though, like I'm saying here, that Moylan and Cherry Evans wouldn't work together? I honestly just I can't see how that works. He really, really struggles unless he doesn't have someone there to kind of organise and stabilise like Blake Green's done. And Moylan, to me, yeah, is, well, you know, he's erratic. They're not looking for that. What Manly are looking for? Manly are 
there are times where Cherry Evans needs help and they didn't merely run to the belief that Green, while he was good, wasn't there often enough. So they, they reckon uh, yeah, for every 10 times Cherry Evans needed Green to come in, he probably got their six. Uh, and they want someone who, and they believe someone like Moylan has got, uh, is a classy player himself, will be able to come in and, and get the number, you know, closer to eight, nine, ten, whatever. So it's, it's basically not necessarily play that role uh, where they need him to um, just slip in with whatever Charlie Evans is doing, but they need someone to occasionally just take over and, and give Cherry Evans a break. And they, they think Moylan's the one that's more than capable of doing that. I don't know, we'll have to see how the dominoes all pan out there. But, mate, much appreciated again for coming on and talking about the prelims and obviously the massive grand final this week. Storm and Cowboys were all on the storm, so we'll see if they can finish off this dream run and the big three get the job done. But, Kenty, you can catch all your stuff in the Daily Telegraph. Uh, this week, finals edition, 6.30 Fox League on Channel 502, Monday to Thursday. And are you guys doing the outside broadcast for Triple M this week on Sunday? Yes, we are. Yeah, we're at the game this weekend. No worries, mate. Any more books in the pipeline? Anything like that coming up as well? No, nothing like that. So, <laughs> just keep it quiet at the moment. Just trying to get through the season and then we'll, uh, we'll see what happens after that. Yeah. Mate, much appreciated coming on the show. We love your work and I'm sure uh, us and many others out there we definitely respect the fact that you're willing to tackle all the issues and not sugarcoat things like a lot of people in <laughs> rugby league. So we appreciate your time uh, again. Pleasure. Not a problem at all. And how good to have Kenty back on for, I think it's the third year running for the Grand Final Show box set. It is, man. Yeah, it is. Which is a uh, good insight. We don't have guests on a lot anymore because, well, we, we want to have people on that are going to add, add something different. Uh, and we usually find that our show is packed with content anyway. So the guests have sort of, not that we don't want to have the guests on, but we've no, got enough content to fill the show week to week. And we like the questions and, and the things like that. So More than anything, it's also timing. Yeah. We, we have like a small bit of time every time of the week and sometimes everything struggles to line up. So yeah. uh, much like today, if I didn't have an RDO today, you would have probably had to record on your own yeah. uh, with Kenty. So that worked out good. But uh, moving on through this show, we'll probably brush over those two games in the grand final a little bit more. We'll talk about all the lower grade grand finals, which are obviously going to roll into grand final day. But starting off now uh, with our set of six and also finishing the show with fan questions and Mr. Gossett and his predictions. Uh, set of six, tackle one. We'll punch these pretty quickly. The Boyd experiment and the spine changes for Brisbane finally caught up with them. Yep. Um, that's, I think, the big story out of Friday. Obviously, they couldn't throw a whole lot in attack. The two halves, Nick Ream and Milford, I don't think one is really a dominant seven. Boyd shouldn't have played, let's be honest. They would have been better off with Mead. Uh, just bringing the ball back 100 miles an hour. And Ben Hunt should have been playing seven, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. There's a lot of ways. We, we, we said that last week. I, look, even with those changes, I don't think they win. No, uh, that's my concern moving forward. But I mentioned We the said it when McCulloch was out for the year. That was probably their chances done. Well, and he, you put throw McCulloch into that game, and it's a different story. He's a good player. Yeah, he is. Uh, tackle two. I just wanted to highlight, and again, everybody out there, especially our, our old mate Sharkmeister, who hates the fact that I like Melbourne, Cronk's uh, class after the game. They wanted to make him the centre of everything. They wanted to cheer him off the field. They tried to put him in front of it. He refused to do so. He got Tohu, he got McLean and their kids and let them walk off first. He wouldn't let them cheer him off. He made it about everybody, not himself. So I uh, just, you know, I think it just sums up the bloke. He's a good bloke. There's yep. no doubt about yep. it. And, no argument here, man. Uh, I think he's going to retire regardless of the result, unfortunately, but we'll see what happens there. 
Tackle three. Uh, Sydney, we spoke about this again a little bit with Kenny, but they just fell flat, didn't they? Errors, ill-discipline. We waited all year for the 80 minutes, and I think... Well, they uh, never got there, did they? For one of the first times, I'm going to question Trent Robinson as a coach. I know a lot of people whinge about the edges. I didn't have a big problem with it during the year. I thought it was a patch-up, but I thought by the back end of the year, he would have got to the point where he realised that Orbison could at least defend an edge and Joey Manu needed to go on the other one, but didn't agree with Madison... Orbison on those edges. People call him for Latrell. He needs a big off-season and working on his defence at centre if he's going to play there because he's very big liability defensively. Yeah. Um, I think that and putting Tupa on the bench, etc. just a few things just caught up with him in that game as well. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Uh, tackle four, I think it's safe to say now. I had someone ask me the other day, uh, telling me that Nathan Cleary was better than Michael Morgan, and I'm not going to lie, I just had to laugh. Ridiculous, yeah, yeah. All his attacking stats and how good he is for a young bloke, that's all well and good. But honestly, Morgan's achieved more uh, as far as line breaks, try assists, tries, all that kind of stuff almost in eight weeks, I think, than Cleary mm-hmm. has in a whole season. That's not a slight on the kid, but no. I'm more than happy to say right now that Michael Morgan has launched into a new stratosphere and is the premier half in the comp right now. Who would have thought he could get to this level? But if you said right now on current form, him... Cherry Evans, Widop, any of the guys that are available, you take a Michael Morgan hands, uh, hand over fist. Yeah, absolutely, um, yeah, yeah. The kicking game, we never saw all these things, and people question it, but you've got to remember, again, he plays with JT. He plays a role. He hasn't been allowed to do any of these things. He's had arguably the best half ever next to him. Now that he's gone, he's been asked to do all these things, and he can do them and then some. He's mm-hmm. bigger, he's more powerful, he's a better runner, he's edge defense in the weekend, the kicking, like, he ticks every box. Yep. If he ends up being their long-term seven... And this is the product you're going to see. Uh, look out. And even scarier from a New South Wales-Queensland point of view, hate to bring that up, but if that's going to be in the halves with Munster and any of the other players, we're going to be in big trouble again for a long time. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it is scary, man. Yeah. Scary, scary, scary. But full credit to him because there was a lot of pressure on him and he's delivered. Yep. He really has. Uh, tackle five, Scott, JT, people asking. We brushed a little bit over this as well. JT is no hope. Anyone that brought that up, you're kidding yourself. He had a full shoulder reconstruction. Like, he's not even back into contact or even lifting or doing anything properly yet. Yeah. The Scott thing we've brushed over, would you play him or not? I can see Kenny's point of view, but I couldn't do it. I'd stick with the 17. Yeah, I don't me. know. If he's okay to... If he's okay to... Play. He's a target for only, only really the medical staff are going to know... And I'd have to have a whole heap of confidence if I'm Paul Green that he can play at least 40 minutes in case of an injury to someone else and you have to put him in that situation. Yeah. If not, I wouldn't feel confident doing it. And I tend to lean on, as I said in our conversation with Kenny, that I'd probably lean on sticking with the guys that have got you there. Yeah, I feel it'd be very, very ruthless on Jensen or someone who's been doing their job off the bench well, Jensen's as well. actually said publicly today that uh, he's happy to give his spot up. Well, 100%. I, and I appreciate his journey, which is another one of these storylines I talked about. There's so many yeah. for the Cowboys. Martin, Hess, Fenson, like there's so many guys, and we'll touch on that a bit later, but he's another one. He was a 20s player there, got told he wasn't big enough, wasn't good enough, went into the Q Cup, busted his ass for a couple of years, and now he's back playing first grade for him. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I wouldn't play either. And tackle six in the final one, the big three, will they get the dream end? And then Kronk and Slater. I honestly think Kronk's done 100% regardless of the result. I do think they're going to get the dream end. Mm-hmm. Um, but Billy, I'm not so sure of. Billy, it kind of irks me to think that he will retire if he just wins the comp and leaves. After all the work he's done, I know it could finish off the perfect way, but he doesn't. He seems more than me, uh, more to me than Kronk, uncomfortable to go sit on his hands just yet. I think he would play until he breaks down again or until he just feels content. Yeah, I don't know. My gut says, and this is only my gut, that if they win, he'll retire. 
But yeah, I, I don't know, mate. I, I really don't know. Like, if I look at the way he's played and I look at his physical condition, I take into account the fact that he's missed sort of two and a half years through injury. That part of it makes me think that he'll play again. I reckon but he, I, I don't one more know. year. I, I, reckon, I, don't I reckon one more year. I don't know. I, but I do think the result will probably have a big bearing on it. Yeah, I agree. Mm. Well, that's the set of six, and we'll quickly brush out those two games again. Uh, not a whole lot more we need to cover, but obviously the Storm 30 nil. Over the Broncos, we talked about an uncharacteristic Melbourne. Lack of line speed, simple errors, the bomb try, especially Vunavales. You're not going to see that again, surely. No, that was That's, crazy, uh, wasn't it? Yeah, in Chambers, the poor reads on the edges. Uh, they held the Broncos out, but let's be honest, we said it before, with that spine, they didn't throw a whole lot of them. They tried to do a lot of crash overs. Moga got greedy, held the ball when he should have given it to Oates. Vunny made up for his drop by stripping Oates that second time. Um, and then when Melbourne scored on halftime from Curtis Scott, who, let me say, is... An exceptional player for a 19-year-old. He's uh, going good. Um, I'm not going to go stupid here, but I was sitting there the other day in my head going, could he possibly be a boulder for a rep jersey? And I said, nah, give yourself a triple. That's way too far, but I'm going to throw it out there. There's not many good centres anymore. He'll be playing, not. No, he'll be not. playing rep football in the next 12 months. Mm-hmm. Is he a New South Welshman? Please. Yeah, he's a oh, Sharky. Thank you, God. I reckon within the next year or two, by 21, he'll be playing yep. rep football. I'm happy to say that. Um, but yeah, that try in halftime really hurt them. Second well, my half, uh, my neighbours heard all about it with you here. You were going off your brain first well, half. I wasn't very happy in the first half, was I? No. I was a little bit concerned at half time, but I thought they'd yeah. settle on win. I think look, the glaring the glaring factor in this, and you've already touched on it, was Brisbane's lack of ability to score points with all the possession they had. Yeah. That, that's where the game just there was no scoreboard pressure at all. And then the second half, I don't want to go too much into Melbourne's attack, but when when Nelson dropped the ball off the kickoff, you thought if they can score right here, Brisbane, again, we're gonna get yeah, to a grind, but it'll be eight six and different yeah, sort of game, but they no. didn't score. It took Melbourne a little bit more time after that to break them down, but once they started rolling, uh Felice with that beautiful ball for Billy, Nelson obviously the easy crash over the middles got involved. We both felt that they went too sideways, Melbourne, before they laid a platform through the middle. Um but yeah. Yeah, once they started to go more direct, that's when they started to bust them. A little bit more, I felt, and I think it's going to be a similar story with the Cowboys. They can lower you into that false sense of security of, you know, you sort of go, got to go around us and, and yeah. attack our edges, but you can't go to the edges and play corner post to corner post unless you've uh, you've done the job in the middle. So, yeah, I think Craig Bellamy will be making that point very, very clear and very, very strong this week. Well, I could put it plain and simple. I didn't think Melbourne were that great, and they won thirty nil. Yeah, so, exactly. And they, they were ordinary against Parramatta, and they just. But escaped. I think it just highlights, like. To me, you look at that the quality of that game and go, "Well, that's a preliminary final." That's yeah, that was a, a really, game. really ordinary game of football. Yeah. Uh, look, I don't think Saturday's game was of it was obviously of better quality. Yeah. But I think it just highlights the fact that Melbourne are just so far ahead of the rest of the competition, and for Brisbane to be in a pre- preliminary final, I I think that's a big achievement for them considering it the is. Players but they but lost. to me, I look at it and you go through the years and you look at sides that have lost in pre- preliminary finals, yeah, and that Brisbane team isn't isn't one of the, the greatest to ever played in a preliminary final. That's for sure. No, well, all in all, Melbourne move on and uh, looking at the Broncos. I think it's an achievement considering a couple of those players at the end are still get to the prelim. But next year, I voice my concerns and I say it again. Uh, Hunt's gone. Milford and Nicarima, I don't think either of them are a dominant seven. Uh, I think it's getting to the time where if Milford's ever going to play fullback again, Boyd can play six. But I don't think he's got the wheels or the will to do the fitness work to play fullback. So I'm a bit worried for next year. And the depth is gone with Benji moving on as well. And then you look at some of the other players, SASA and Moga have been both pretty good. And the only players they're really getting in are Bird and Surveyor. So realistically, you've got a center replacement. And the middle is where they're really lacking. I thought they were small this year, but they're going to have to rely on Payne Haas, who's an 18-year-old kid who's got huge wraps on him. Him and Pat Carrigan from the 20s both made Team of the Year. George Fire, another 20s player, made his debut this year, and then they're trying to 
register Lodge, but they're going to need help in the middle. And I honestly look at them right now, and I think they've got weaker for next year. I agree. So yeah, I agree. I'm worried for the Broncos moving uh, into the next season, but moving on to the other game, Cowboys-Roosters, 29-16. Honestly, what can you say about this game? This was a cracker. The first 15 minutes was just end-to-end, non-stop, and then, uh, you know, Liu dropped the football, and they got that penalty goal, and that whole half just felt like position... Territory, they had them pinned down there, and the Roosters never helped themselves. Penalties, errors. It's been the story. We're talking of their about season. the first half. I came out of the first half thinking the Cowboys didn't have enough points for I, the possession thought, they had. I thought the same thing, and you know, Martin scored that try. That was a beautiful piece of play. The forty twenty, the forced dropouts. They had everything going for them, yeah. and the old coach killer that you hate, error penalty. That got the Roosters down the other end and felt untouched. Latrell scores eight six yeah. halftime, much like you. I'm sitting there going for all the, the gas and the eighty extra tackles they've made. I feel like the Roosters would be pretty happy with that. If they can come out and hold the ball and turn yeah. around in the second half, they just and failed to do so. They started exactly how you'd want. Hess made the error off the kickoff, dropping yeah. the ball, and then they scored, but it was an obstruction. I had no problem with that. By, that was the, good call. by the rule, it that was, was on the call. inside shoulder. Black and white, that's how we need it. Um, but the lead you know. runner didn't actually do anything. He was always ahead of the play. He never really ran his lead line. He was never yeah. an option to get the ball. So yeah. I'm good. I'm good with that call. Yeah, and then it just kind of went on from there. They, they went back and forth. They had the nice try there with... Cordner set that one up and obviously O'Neill then dropped that football and they went down the other end and felt had that cracker finish. But at the end of the day, just kicking the ball dead twice, all the drop football, the typical penalties, the two tackle one penalties, the two errors after points. They just really didn't give themselves a chance, did they? The no, they, they are And the Cowboys, full credit to them, they've simplified their game. We've said it before. <clears> they come out of yardage. They don't make errors. They force you to work. And Michael Morgan, I think he played one of the best individual games I've ever seen. The kicking game was outstanding. Some of the pass selection, the edge defense, he was shutting down that sweet play. Like, he was just brilliant. Mm. Um, he ticked every box. Most talented side in the competition, the Roosters, mm. but the most ill-disciplined side in the competition. Yeah, you couldn't have said it any better. And, uh, you know, it was. I think it was nice as well. O'Neill's had a hard year. People dragged him at origin. We weren't convinced that he should have been there or in that Australian squad. But after he dropped that ball, he made that shot. That was a good shot. Um, that was know. a very good shot. But, yeah, there's just so many positives come out of this <laughs> one for them. And the, the finish w- was really, really good. And, uh, you know, I, I'm i lost for words kind of thinking they got there. I, I honestly think this is one of the best stories I've seen in finals in a long time. It is, yeah. But as... as um, Yeah, I, I know they have to finish the Kenny job. Said, I, I still find this different to the para one that... Yeah, but I just you're not going to be happy to be there. And then Paul Brown no, no, sort no. of said that yeah. afterwards as well. Like, we're not happy to be there. Like, we... Within the four walls, we we believe we can win, and yeah. that's what they're going to be going out there to do on the weekend. So well, I thought, again, but I think on reflection, you know, in a month's time, regardless of the result on the weekend, they'll look back and go, "Man, it was a whatever crazy. the result is, a massive overachievement." Yeah, and like I said, so many names like tomorrow, particularly night. considering that they they were, their fate was left in the Bulldogs' hands on the final yeah. game of the regular season in seventy. But uh, yeah, Roosters looking at them moving on to next year. You look at their losses; there's not a whole lot there. Like Watson. He's a good player, but they've got Radley, who's a utility type, and they've got other guys there. Uh, you know, Guerra's moving on. That's not a bad James thing. James Tedesco comes in. Wow. Guerra gets replaced, basically, by either Orbison or they've got Madison, who's a good footballer. Madison's got to be the one. Evans yeah. on the bench rotation just gets replaced by Lindsay Collins or one of the guys in Cup who have had an outstanding year for Wyong. And then you've just mentioned as well, you're bringing in James Tedesco. So yeah. they should go to So they're going to be either as good or if not a little bit better. They should be better. And I think all their main losses have covered or easily. And Kieran and Pierce with another offseason, The big thing is edge defense. We saw at the back end there, the scrappy defense. Manu was awesome in cup and they had the center of the year who was also from their 20s team, Ikevalu, Matt Ikevalu. Mm-hmm. If you got two gun centers, play them. Yeah. Just work on their defense. So uh, positives coming for them moving into the future. But moving on to this green final preview, uh, you know, I... I <sighs> 
it's it's kind of hard to look too much into this because the Cowboys, you know what they're going to do. They're going to keep doing what's got them through the, this little process here mm. in this dance. But I feel that that style of play, if you're just going to go set for set and kick and try to play it out with Melbourne, they're going to enjoy that. Yeah, well, you, yeah, you, you're playing against the best side at it. That's the point. Yeah, and, uh, you know, so again, you, you're not playing against a bad forward pack. Not saying that the Roosters didn't have a good forward pack. They are... You'd say failed. Napa and Ray Hargraves only made 80 metres between them. But Nelson, Bromwich, McLean, Felice Cafusi, all these guys, they've got plenty of weapons there to be able to put some damage on the middle. And if they can hurt the guys around Tamalolo, I don't think it's so much about you can't stop Tamalolo. You can limit him and do a good job on him. But if they can get into Bolton, Jensen, get ripped into those other guys and hurt their sets. Mm, You've got, you got to win the play play beforehand, before Tamalolo. If he gets on the back of a quick play of the ball, yeah. he's going to be difficult to stop. Or if he's um, going to try and lay that one like he does first up, he's got to be on the ground and you've got to kill that play. The other thing is he's got a pass in him as well, Tamalolo. So if you rush or you rush from marker, he can tip it inside, he can shift it outside. Well, he does it on the block a lot too. Yeah, He gets right into the line as well. Look, I, I don't think you're going to be able to limit him. I think the more that Melbourne can uh, pin the Cowboys into the corner through a kick... You're going to be able to get that line speed pressure just by knowing that there, there's only really one way they can come out, yeah. and you can sort of try and slow them on play one two and win that set. I think that'll sort of be the focus, and you've just got to try and spot Tamalolo up and know that when he's there, we've got, to, we've got to get off the line a little bit quicker and try and limit him. As you said, you're not going to stop him. You've got to try and limit him, and no. well, I think through completions and a good kicking game, you're going to take some gas out of Tamalolo because you look at the the amount of errors that the Roosters made. That uh, Parramatta made and the Sharks made, it didn't take gas out of his or air out of his tyres because they're constantly going to scrums yeah. and he's got that energy to then carry. So I think Melbourne, they've got to have a bit of a completion focus to try and take some juice out of the Cowboys. Yeah. Because the Cowboys haven't really been in a game where it's gone set, set for set. No, and I think uh, they've got to do a good job and look out with those A's. We've talked about Melbourne's A's getting a bit loose around the ruck. If Tamalo lays a good platform, hopefully they see that in video this week, Granville should be jumping every single time and trying to lay someone through there. Yeah. Uh, um, as far as the other thing for Cowboys, their kicking game's been outstanding, but you pick your poison with Melbourne. I've yeah, but the they've last... only got one kicker. I know that, but I've said it the last few weeks. There's an easy target for me. You kicked Addo Carr. Addo Carr does have an error with good contact. He does have a bit of a loose carry, but yeah. under the high ball under pressure, and I thought the Cowboys do all those little things well. Their kick chase and their pressure's outstanding. They buried the Roosters a few times in the corners. I'm pinning Addo Carr all night, and especially in attacking position where I can't quite put a kick in, I'm just bombing right, say 30, 40 out putting that hanger up there, and I'm just going to try and rip into him and make sure that Melbourne have to waste two or three plays trying to get back to the middle to set up for a kick. Yeah, Honestly, they're going to have to be disciplined, much like Melbourne, and try and get this 90% completion rate or more again, like they have through the finals, to try and simply last. And I think there's some vulnerabilities. Like, if I'm Melbourne, Felt barely got that through that game with his groin. Winnerstein's got a bung hamstring. Like, I'm working those two over constantly on kick returns and trying to get stuck into them. Um, you know, you've got Hess with a bad knee. I reckon you can ramp up on him. There's a couple of guys here that are playing a bit busted, and um, that's another reason they finished the year so poorly. They were good in all those games, but people forget Asiata and a couple of those guys didn't play all those games either. Yeah, so they were even weaker than the guys that are missing right now. It's amazing to see them where they are. Yeah, um, but, yeah. I, I think you like you look at their finals averages: eighty-five percent completions and eight errors. I think they're going to have to be better than that to win. Oh, I, and, think, I think they're going to have to be near perfect. But Melbourne, again, uh, why scrappy in these last two games? If they turn up and they start the way they did, I honestly reckon the Cowboys would have beaten them the other night, the way Melbourne started. Yeah, I, t- I tend to agree. I think Cowboys would have applied more scoreboard pressure. 100%. Um, but I don't think you're going to catch Melbourne that bad again this week. They, they'll treat that as a loss, the way they played in their last two games. Like I'm surprised that 
Melbourne played as poorly as they did against Parramatta and then backed it up again against the Cowboys. Uh, sorry, against the Broncos. Yeah. I can't see it happening three weeks in a row. I do also think that the occasion is going to take over this week. Well, They've been nervous because there's so much pressure on them getting there. Now they're there. They lost last year. We, we can't discount that. No. The amount of pain that that uh, would have caused. The fact that they, they, they went ahead with 15 to go last year, conceded that late try, could have scored at the end. Uh, look, if you don't think that that's going to motivate and burn really deeply, like you've heard Smith and Cronk already talk about it in the media, uh, I th- they're going to go to a new level. I-, I think they're going to explode this weekend, from, Melbourne. From a Melbourne fan point of view, there's a lot of guys that have something to aim up for, but in particular, I don't think anybody wants to win this more than those three. And I've mm. said it before, as much as I hate saying it, they do have those rings, but they do know that everybody out there, they'd love to jam that down, everyone, I reckon, yeah, and get that second yeah, legitimate because it's ring seen as, yeah, well, and legacy yeah. and for Bellamy. I'm with you. I reckon all those guys in particular, this week will be doing their very best. Mm. And in particular, two of them might not play again. Yeah, exactly. So I, I don't like to read too much in emotion, but I was a pretty emotional person. But you know person, what? But... I, I, don't, I don't care who wins. I don't, I, I don't care who wins. Yeah, you're a Melbourne fan. I'll I, the for Cowboys. me, Listen, for me, uh, if when it was Melbourne Sharks, I wanted Melbourne to win. I don't particularly like the Sharks. But I, I look at the Cowboys and I love what they've done. Yeah. I love them as a side... You know, I tipped I tipped the Storm Cowboys Grand Final. Yep. So Cha-ching, winning um, with William Hill. Yeah, winning. What did you get um, odds wise? Thirty one. Thirty one to one. And what did you put on? I uh, put on fifty. There so you I go. got so about sixteen hundred bucks. Yeah, sixteen hundred. And we so. both had both to win the comp in separate bets. So either way, this weekend we're going to be winning. Well, I had game. I had Queensland team. So right. I've got inadvertently the Cowboys, so and then I've right. had if Melbourne win this weekend, three grand for me. So yeah. well, we both had Melbourne. Some smart future. We both had the Cowboys. We cashed out, but we still have Queensland winning regions. So coming into the weekend, we had Brisbane and Cowboys. But, so, yeah, going back to my point, I I think I look at the Cowboys and I, I don't mind them, you know. Like I, I, oh, I've got no problem with the Cowboys. I the love que- the Cowboys. Where I'm getting to is it's it's an out of – obviously an out of uh, an out of state final. The last one we had was Brisbane and Cowboys. Most people, I think, supported the Cowboys on that occasion because they wanted to see well, Thurston they get – They will again. So who do you think will get – you think Cowboys will be the – Mate, the fan favourite this week. Everybody weekend, hates Melbourne. Everybody hates the big three. So I, everyone's going to be mm. the Cowboys second. I reckon the Cowboys are the one Queensland team everyone does like. No offence to the Titans. I don't think it's a No, a the Titans thing. is more a performance thing. They're yeah. not a big brand. Brisbane seem to be the hated one because mm. of you know all the success. A bit like a Melbourne. And Melbourne's just hated full stop. Yeah. Um, all right, well, every time the salary cap comes up, ah, oh, it was Melbourne. Anytime something comes up, ah, oh, it was Melbourne. But my point is I don't. I don't. I don't have an emotional attachment to either. Look, I think Melbourne should win. I'd like to see Melbourne win for you, obviously. Yeah. Um, and I and I would like to see Melbourne win because I think they're the best coach side, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. They've got the, I, they've got a lot there that I respect and I like. But you look at what the Cowboys have done over the last two oh. weeks, and there's nothing nothing but respect for what they've done. Also, so, I'm not discrediting them at all. Um, but I think for the for the body of work throughout the year, Melbourne and the Cowboys have acknowledged. Just Paul Green's acknowledged. They've been yeah. the best side all year. Uh, I think it's going to take a hell of a performance from the Cowboys to beat them. The only way that I can see Melbourne getting beat is with early scoreboard pressure. They play nervous like they sort of have in the last two games. They've played a little bit nervous, a little bit apprehensive. That's my worry. But I see them coming out and just exploding. I don't, um, You know my issue? And they, haven't, well, they haven't lost a game with yeah, those three since May 13 against the Titans. Yeah. And that was an ugly, ugly, ugly oh, game. Like it was 38-36. So prior to... And sorry, through that nine-game winning streak, as we said with Kenny, they've only conceded well a high of sixteen points. Well, they just... played twice this year. Melbourne beat them without their Origin players, uh, 23-22, and then they touched them up in round twenty-two, twenty-six-eight up at North Queensland. So. Yeah. It all points to a Melbourne win. Well, I'm putting it this way. They've still got injuries. They're carrying them in there. They've rode an emotional high. They've been outstanding, but... 
Du hedder Melbourne går der. Nobody. Uh, no. We've got Chase Blair and Matt Welch, who might have been on the bench, but I think we've got the better young. Where are the talent. Storm ranked defensively? Number one. Number one. And we're number one. They're in the, the fittest side. Uh, it, all the stuff. Everything points to Melbourne. They've got the best forward, but I think we've got the best forward pack. They've got the best half. I think we've got the better halves pairing. Yeah. We've got the better nine. We've got the better fullback. I think we've got the better edges, um, and I think we've got the better bench. So if yeah. you want to tick all those boxes in the coach, I respect what Green's done, but I think we've got the better coach. Agree. We're healthier. We're well rested, and we've played poor twice, and so much emotion I'm with you. It should take over this weekend. Yeah, agreed. Um, so that about sums up the uh, grand final. We'll do our predictions again, like we gave with Kenty, but we'll do how we usually do it: first try, score, all those things. When we have gossip and the odds from WilliamHill.com. But to wrap us up, moving on from that one, you've got the prelims now, and we've obviously done the grand final preview. We'll review the lower grades and what you're going to be looking forward to this weekend. So I'm down to 20s, amazingly. Another I eight, can't believe Manly. Eighth place. Manly, to me, going into the finals, were, the, were cannon fodder. They looked ordinary. They were cannon fodder. I watched fodder. them a few times. But I don't know what's happened, but the nine had wraps on him. Manisi, I think it's Farnu, and I've seen a little bit of him. He was the junior Kiwi nine, but Cade cast the half. I'd never seen him. I'd seen Tommy Wright. The two halves were great, in particular cast. Yep. And Hamoli Olakaatu on the weekend was massive. And apparently was good. four of them and Tavita Funa were in a car crash before the game. So they got rear-ended on the M5. And they turned up and they laid an absolute smackdown wow. on uh, you know the old Dragons. Well, was... And I thought the Dragons, like, watching what they did to Penrith, yeah, but I, I thought they would just bully Penrith. They were physically but... dominant. They played an NRL style of footy. And then on the weekend, I was like, I'm where, confu- where was I'm, that? I'm confused. There was one or two guys missing. And I'm not going against specific names because I only saw half of it. But the other thing that got me out of whack was Jackson Willis, their dominant half, was started off the bench. I know, White, I didn't get and that And he started Sailor. But even that, that summed up the game. There was a few opportunities they missed and Sailor threw a perfect ball for the centre Jackson Ford who dropped one over the line. I yeah. kind of looked there and said, you guys are in trouble. Yeah. Kate Cuss was outstanding, but they move on uh, 34 to 18, eighth place. They're going to be playing though, the Eels. And the Eels have got a really, really good young side. They're loaded. Greg uh, Lillisau, another one the Titans let go. I have no idea why. Mm. Team of the year. Don't remind me. Raymond Stone, the lock, come back from cup after playing all year with Dargan. And when they lost Dargan, don't worry. They've got a 17-year-old halfback, Dylan Brown, comes in, fills in, week three of the finals. No worries, because I scored a hat-trick in the SG ball grand final, and I'm just going to slot into this game and dominate. Mm. I was blown away. And I tell you what, para fans, you've got a player on your hands, though. He's Tro- good. Troy Dargan's good. Stone, a lot of these guys on this side. But for a 17-year-old to step in and play the way he did at seven... He could play SG ball next year again, let alone 20s. That's ridiculous. Yeah, uh, yeah he can play. But uh, you know what I also love? I love their nine rotation. they got that big Denzel Tanisi who plays prop instead. And Reed Mahoney comes on and plays nine, this kid. And he got their player of the year from the coach. Like, they're a loaded side. And all those 18-year-olds that played in that Harold Matz grand final before, the Akafalau twins, I like the back rower. Um, I think it's Fyanga. Kafusi Oregon played 18s this year. That is a very young, yeah. talented group. Oregon Kafusi, yeah. he's. And I'm kind of taking my judgment back. I kind of sat here and I said, they've bought Moses and they've only got Evans. Who else are they buying? This group of kids, a lot of these guys are going to be going to play grades. So yeah. there's a good reason Brad Arthur might have not branched out as much. But um, yeah, they finished fourth in the regular season. But I think... As good as Manly's been, I'd have to back the Eels. But I think we're in for, oh, I, I think we're in for a good game. But I'm going. You think so? Out. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's a little bit similar to the NRL Grand Final, isn't it? I look at Parramatta and go, they're going to blow them away. Yeah. What a Manly, Manly or a fairy tale story. Well, I, oh, sorry, Cinderella boy. I think they're. Oh, the Cinderella boy. <laughs> I think Dragons. 
uh, for you fans out there. There's some good kids on your side. I think the only problem is they're in positions that you've already filled. Mm. Like Zach Lomax is a gun young centre. You've got your centres locked up long term. Willis, you've spent a million dollars on your halves. I think Sailor's best chance at playing great, and I think he's better at fullback anyway. That's the best spot for him in my eyes. But mm-hmm. um, you got some good kids there. Reese Robson, the nine, he was uh, in the eight, uh, the under twenties, and again, that's the spot you've got filled. That's your only problem. I think you could do with. Uh, oh, what was I trying to think here? They probably need another middle. I know Graham's going there, but they probably could use a middle. They don't really have one coming through. But yeah, you got some good kids for the Penrith fans out there. If you've been watching the last few years, you had a million kids push through. They're obviously up and cut right now. But that group this year. I don't see any first graders probably... Solid, but they're young. They're going to Reed Izzard's the one that stands out. We've both spoke about that. He's going to play first grade. Gun back row. You'd think so. Um, the only other one is Egan, but I don't think Egan's going to play grade next year. No, he played cup. Take that job. So those two in the final... And Eels, that's probably why they've, they're not going to sign Mitrain. If they're not going to start in the I think you have to NRL. keep because uh, I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, if, you, if well, they're, Egan, they're going to get blood Egan and they're they're him, he's going to be the nine. They're so. clearly looking at Katoa saying that you and Egan are going to be probably in cup and we're going to keep Wallace again then, obviously. Yeah, which I don't agree with. Neither but, do I. Yeah. I'd move on from Wallace and give that money to Rain. Um, yeah. But, you know, that's their decision. But Queensland Cup, New South Wales Cup, Queensland Cup, the dream, it happened. The PNG Hunters, they won the comp. They were down 10-0 after seven minutes and it was an absolute nail-biter from all accounts. But at the death there, their uh, halfback... Well, well, I should say that we didn't get to watch it because the live stream failed and they advertised it as a wrong day. I mean, wow. Yeah, so I was, was also it... commentating the New South Wales Grand Finals at the same time, so yeah. I didn't get so to watch it. So we'll get to watch it, but it won't be till Wednesday or whenever no. it's replayed. There's more Fox, reports and Fox speaking League. to a few people. Uh, you know, Falcons blew them away early and they've got plenty of Melbourne players in their side. Well, so it's 10-0 after what? Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Seven minutes, minutes and they didn't score another point. Points for a long time. Then early second half, their Queensland Cup Player of the Year was their halfback, Asus Ballas. Yeah, he put a grabber in, which they scored off. His brother Watson scored, and then 79th minute at the death, their impact player off the bench, Willie Fanoga. He's their cult hero. Apparently, he scored <laughs> off another kick from Asus Ballas off the post, and the coach Michael Maram said he thought he dropped it, and he was really worried because he says he's got the fumbles a lot at training, but they knocked it over from in front. They closed it out. and well, um, that Great massive, story. Massive, massive great uh, story. victory. But, um, you know, there's it, a couple of guys in there, like I said, the two Boash brothers, and they've got the two Albert twins. They were both at Penrith at one point. Yeah, 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 Stanton and Wellington. So Stanton is one of the funniest fellas you'll ever meet. Wellington, good fella as well. Well, you know one thing. But when, when they came down, like NYC preseason, we were running through some plays and – uh, Ciro said to me, go and you need to stand with Stanton and and tell him what all the plays are. Can't he speak couldn't English. speak English. Outstanding. Could not speak English. Um, but he was cement, like absolute cement. Well, uh, but, yeah, really, really good to see those those boys going well. Hopefully they can make a living out of rugby league. And, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, just a good story. Yeah. And then the New South Wales Cup, Penrith ambush while uh, they got back Sione Katar, they got back Laota, but... I was more annoyed watching this again that Kikau and a few of these guys we called for didn't get to play grade. And yeah. some of the service from Rain, like they just threw the kitchen sink. They didn't care. They decided that Wyong, who are a smaller team who like to play some footy, 
they were going to take out their two linchpins, which is Alonia Vunaketsi, the front row, and Lindsay Collins. They just beat the crap out of them. Yeah, Vunaketsi had a shocker. But Laoda, Katoa, they just ripped in. Uh, I, you know what I love? I just love the attack in that Penrith. So I reckon that attack should be adapted by first grade. They look more sharp than They honest. do. The service from Rain, starting at the B or the C defender, Darren Nichols. He's a veteran of New South Wales Cup and Queensland Cup. He's played where was he? Where was he prior to Penrith? No, he's played at Redcliffe and been in the residence. He was at the Broncos and backed up with them. Um, he's he can at, play, man. He's been at South for a year, and originally, funnily enough, he started at Wyong and he beat his own team yesterday. But he's been a veteran for six or seven years in Cup and played residence almost every year. Mm. Constantly the best half around, but he's never got a game of NRL. He's uh, never played NRL. He got man of the match, but he's never played NRL. He's right. been with Penrith. South Broncos, he's never got a game. Yeah, crazy. So, good football, but overall, like they you could were, do worse by throwing him and having throwing him in and having a look at him next year. I think the only problem is he's a bit old. I'm not saying that's a the downfall, yeah. but look I look at someone like Blake Green. He came. I so. said the other day for all the Penrith fans that disagree. If Moylan's going and you're keeping May and you've got Luai, who's a great six as well, you got to keep Nichols. Like yeah. you can have a really good. Good call, four or five, you've, yeah. You've got Cleary, who's your key. You've got Mayer and Luai to work on as your six, but I'm keeping Nichols around. And if yeah. you get uh, you know, someone in origin and you get an injury, Nichols is just a solid player. He's very Cleary-esque in the way he kicks and controls things. Yeah. Um, but I think I just like him as a footballer. And um, you know, all the young blokes, like I said, uh, I thought Jed you know, Cartwright's young bloke was good as well. Luai was good. Uh, you know, Corey Waddell off the bench. They're just a loaded team, but... He's going to be a footballer, Corey. Yeah, Wyong, you got a lot to look forward to, Roosters fans. You know, Ikevali, what didn't play in that game. He was centre of the year. He's 20s eligible. Joseph Marty was a standout. Lindsay Collins, I think, will be taking Evan's spot in that forward rotation. But they were disappointing, man. Yeah, they, they, were, they got dominated. That's yeah. as simple as that, I think. They, they got bashed, so... Um, looking at those two games, you've got the Eels, but Queensland Cup, I'm, I'm going to be backing the New South Wales side here in Penrith. I think they'll beat the, the Hunters at the grand final. Yeah, I've got no idea. Um, Not until I watch PNG play. Villiam but kick I, I'd imagine that. that Penrith aren't going to bully PNG. No, and I was just going to say, if you want to see some shots, the way Penrith played last night and how ramped up they were against PNG, who are just all about that, mm-hmm. this is going to be a physical game. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to the Cup game, but. Uh, that sums up the NRL, the 20s, and the Queensland New South Wales Cup finals and the games we've got to look forward to. <coughs> oh, my God. Oh, dear. This weekend, and uh, you got the set of six as well. So what does that leave me with? I'm, uh, I don't know, mate. We I'm, don't have power rankings, I'm, do we? I'm a bit we don't have power rankings. I've, I've gone through all We're going to go through the questions, aren't we? We've got the questions. You're right. And we've, done okay. a grand, we've done a grand final preview. Have a go at you. But you know what? Before we move on to the questions, the storylines out of this, and I was going to bring this up earlier, but we didn't have a lot of time with Kenny. I don't think you could have better. Let's put it that way. You've got the big three. You've got them retiring, moving on, the rise of that youth, his dominant side. But on the flip side, the Cowboys, the run-in, you know, Kane Lynette said he was drinking beers on a boat before he found out the dogs were about to rattle them, and he stopped drinking and ripped into the waters. They were done. Mm. And then they've made the finals. And just a lot of these players, O'Neill's had a hard year. You know, he comes back from that elbow injury. He, you know, makes that error, makes up for it. Then Michael Morgan smurges. Tamari Martin got absolutely smeared all year about his reputation. He goes there now. He's been playing good foot. He's going to play in a grand final. Grand final, crazy. Hess was playing 20s, played Origin. Now he's playing in a grand final. Fenson refused and heartbroken to leave the Raiders. Yeah. Goes here. Yeah. They're paying about 300K. He had to wait half the year. Something he's not used to. He was supposed to be the captain of the Raiders. Now he's playing reserve grade. Bides his time. Now he's starting front row and he's going to be playing in a GF. Um, Scotty Bolton almost ripped his thumb off the other year fishing. And Paul Green questioned him and said, do you really want to be like a footballer? Because they borderline weren't going to re-sign him. Yeah. Um, and then when Matt Scott went out, he stepped up. He's had a huge year. There's so many good... Even Ethan Lowe. People forget he hurt his back last year. Neck. 
Yeah. Slow start of the year now. He's been goal kicking and playing, you know, like an absolute champion. And there's so yeah, many go across the park, absolutely. So many good stories. Uh, I think everyone's with the Cowboys, like you said, but yeah, I just think this week's going to be really, really good. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. But fan questions before we tell move on. Tell you what's also good. There's no. Uh, first, firstly, no ref con- controversy from the weekend. No. Secondly, no injury cloud over anyone. Like, they're obviously going to be a speculation well, on Matt Scott. That's felt, okay. Felt's groin should be fine. Yeah, but there's not going to be that, oh, you know, he's um, in the hyperbaric chamber and he's yeah, doing no. this. And he's doing, there's, there's, there's going to no, be none no. of that. It's all going to be on football, yeah. which is going to be awesome. Yeah, 100%. And Dalliums, obviously, Wednesday. We think Cameron Smith's probably hands down. We're hoping so. We're going. Yeah. You want to see your man win. Yeah, well, position awards I'm not even going to get into. We'll do our own team of the year at the end of the year. I, th- yeah. I think some of those. Yeah, this isn't a week to talk about team of the year. No, we will move. I know a lot of people are doing that. We don't do it until after, as we no. always do. But uh, fan questions, we'll rip through these now. Brian Stylo, your mate. He's the one at Tampa that sorted you out, wasn't he? Yeah. You're over in America. Brian, haven't heard from you in a while. Oh, he sorted Tampa. me out with some info, yeah. Yeah, you've got to, got to hit us up, mate. You've been a bit, bit quiet this year. He says, two questions for this week. One, what's a triple? Give yourself a triple IE. And is Brock's head really shaped like a block? Box. Box head. It is a bit like a box. How did that come about? I think Dad said Dad it. calls you box. I've just kind of stuck with it. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, well, I don't really We both know. got big heads. We both have giant heads. And so. a triple is an uppercut. Triple, triple uppercut. Give yourself a triple. It's just a bit of Aussie slang, mate. We're a bit stupid like that. But yeah, yeah give yourself a triple is an uppercut. Casper, question for this week. I'm sure you've already covered it, but I'm only a new listener. Why do you support Titans in the store? Oh, here we go. We've we def- have answered this before. <laughs> That's okay, Casper. Uh, look, I uh, used to support the Roosters. Brad Fittler, he retired. Didn't support anyone for years. Uh, and then the Titans came in, so I thought, well, that's easy. I'll just go for them. Yeah. Uh, mine was pretty simple. I was only a young bloke. We used to go to Penrith. I used to death ride them all the time, even though we live here. Brock can back me up on that for some reason. Yeah. I just always, you know, laid the boot in. I loved Lazo. I loved uh, Kearney. I loved Tawira and Nickow. And then all of a sudden, Melbourne popped up around eight or nine when I started to watch my football a bit more intently. So it's just kind of natural. And you know, Similar, yeah. Similar reasons, I guess. It's Yeah, just kind of caught on. I was nine years old, and I've been on board ever since. So that's that story. Uh, we've got a few people here. That was some questions from yesterday. Some angry people about the salary cap for some reason. Uh, nickname Nick Quest says, "What would you guys consider to be a weakness of both the Storm and the Cowboys lineups, and what would could be done to fix it?" Well, the Cowboys' weakness, I'd guess, edge is defense. No, I don't think their edges are too bad. I think their big thing is just some guys playing a bit busted, and the bench. I think the bench is a bit of a weakness, but. You know, you look at these guys, if you stop some of those forwards, uh, Winner Stein felt with the groin, I'd be kicking to them and putting a lot of pressure on them, bung hamstring, bung groin, and the interchange is not going to match up with Nelson, Glasby, these kind of guys. So. Tell you what I'd be targeting, I'd be targeting their middle when Tamalolo goes off. 100%, you'd be yeah. trying to tear it. And I'm telling you, that's why I want Scott to play. Yeah, lateral, that's, that was lateral why movement. Kenny's point was good. Yeah, lateral movement when you've had an ACL, I've had both of mine done, I don't move any better anymore. Um, mm. If he's on and we've got big guys like Bromwich and that with footwork, that's where I'm sending all my traffic. Yeah. Uh, Melbourne's weakness. I think Melbourne's their own worst enemy. If well, anything. they can't chase points. No, they don't chase points. Need to well. jump them, and yeah, they're exactly they're their own worst enemy. They and can. Brock said play a, bit a few times they can get a bit loose around the A's and around the ruck. So I um, mean, getting behind there. And the only other thing, I'd be bombing out of a car and pressuring him. Like I said, similar deal. Yeah. Uh, Lolo Goat Forward says, "How Jason Tamalolo is the greatest ever forward to play the game? I think he meant is the greatest ever forward. Yep." His final series statistics are dead set unbelievable. Mate, his whole series uh, season has been unbelievable. And he it's won been, the Dalian last year. It's been so. as good. It's just that it hasn't stood out with the flashier stuff. It's just been all the dirt work and just the fact he's an absolute animal. Yep. Um, so he's definitely earning his cash. Yep. 
Uh, Emmanuel Arian says, your opinion on Mitchell Pearce, he's surrounded by good players, but often fails in big matches. Well, he, his kicking game on the weekend was disgusting. Uh, that persistent bomb, it's a tactic. It's, so it's I blame, a Roosters tactic. Cornish I blame, uh, yeah, they, they were doing it last night. New while. South Wales Cup, um, yeah. Yeah, I... I blame Pierce for persisting with it, but I also blame Robinson. It's obviously a tactic. I, I don't get it. Uh, look, the rest of his game, it was okay. He laid on that nice pass for, I think it was Cordner, wasn't it, that yeah, went through and scored. And, yeah, look. Can't defend him a whole lot. He's just, he, yeah, I'm wavering a little bit on him, uh, I've got to be honest. But, again, like I, I was over a mate's place on Saturday night, and I said, look, he was sort of saying, oh, you know, he stuffed up in origin. I said, well, who do you pick? And he, he didn't have the answer. So... You know, now, I guess the logical progression is Nathan Cleary. Too young, uh, can't do it to him yet. But, yeah, then that's the thing. You don't, want to, you don't want to bust the kid. So unless there's someone jumping out of the ground to take his position, he's probably the best we've got at the moment. So Yeah. But it wasn't good enough to win on the weekend. Zach Maitland says, pick your grand finalists and your 2018 bottom two. For me, it's Roosters, Cowboys, Titans and Tigers. Well, I think you've pretty much read the story there. Roosters are going to have near the same side at Tedesco, so they have to be near a favourite and... The Cowboys have gone to this level without Thurston, without Scott, and they're getting McLean. So they're your two favourites easily, Zach. We, I think we both agree with that. Well, what about the Storm? The Storm? Well, if you tell They've shown me, that they can be just as good with those guys that come in. Yeah, but over yeah. 26 rounds? I don't know. That's the difference. I uh, think the Storm... I, yeah, I think it's early. We're preempting it. I get that. But yeah. if you wanted to ask me right now before we do... I don't think the Tigers and the Titans will be the bottom two. I think the Warriors will be in the bottom. Oh. Uh... Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think it's. I, I don't think the Bulldogs are going to be overly great either. They got Aaron Woods going there. Um, I'd rather Foran. Graham than Woods. Foran, who's never on the field. Well, they I, lost. They've lost Josh Reynolds, who to me, not he's, he's not their best player. I wouldn't. But say he's that. their toughest and most consistent player in terms of his application every week. I, I think the. Bottom, I think it's going to be really interesting. The, and now that you've sacked the coach, the bottom two, I can make a million arguments for you, but I can't do it right now. That's for mm. sure. Uh, there's a lot to look into. I think Newcastle will improve, but enough to get out of the bottom two. I'm not too well, sure. Wasn't enough to avoid the spoon this year. I don't think the Tigers will be bottom two. They've recruited very, very well. Yeah. Um, in other teams that missed the eight. Yeah. But Raiders, let's move on. You know. It's grand final. Let's talk about this year. Nick Becker's King Morgan. Yep. Fair enough. Not complaining with that one. Me likey Roosters says thoughts on Roosters forwards and interchange manager on Saturday. JWH was disappointing. Why even carry? Yeah. Yeah, we spoke about that. You shouldn't carry Tupo on the bench. Ridiculous. They've persisted with it. JWH spat his mouth off. Uh, yeah. Spat his mouth. Yeah, spat, spat, his, spat, the, spat the mouth off? Shot his mouth Shot off. his mouth didn't off. Didn't back it up. Nah, but didn't help out a whole lot. Spat his mouth off. That's a new one. Yeah, you, you lost a plot over there. There you go. Uh, Wombat, flavour of commentary is that North Queensland fortunate to get this far. Haven't they just been better at football than the three teams? Absolutely they have been. Mate, I said earlier that I was... Thought they deserved to be there and that they could make a prelim. I didn't think they'd make a grand final, but they've proved everybody. I love better at football too. 13 players from their grand final side in there. We overlooked that. Four guys that still play at Origin and currently the best forward and best half in the comp. The three teams they've played have been bad at football. That's 100%. Uh, Chris Hemsworth, do you think Morgan should stay at seven next year and slot Thurston at six? Wouldn't want Morgan to take a backward step up. Well, nothing's going to change. He's going to stay on the same side of the field, etc. So You can put it this way, Chris. Thurston's at the back end. He's not going to be playing reps, but he won't be as controlling. I think they're going to tell Morgan that he's going to get as much share as Thurston. Um, and obviously, the natural progression is his contract's up next year, and they're already making plans to basically give him Thurston's money. Mm. So he's going to become the feature player. But they're going to work together. They're going to figure that out in the offseason, no doubt about it. But he's going to play a bigger role. He's going to kick more, and that's going to make them even more dangerous that he's going to have even share, mm. if not more. Yeah. So it's going to be good. Uh, Crackers says, thoughts on why Cowboys switched? Kano and Juzzy. Kano and Juzzy. Was Justin there O'Neal. anything you noticed with your coaching hats on? I'm not sure. I didn't even notice it. 
didn't really notice too much. I think what switched, they swapped sides, did they? No, oh, they must have. Oh, I'm not they too sure. Have, oh, it'd be a defensive ploy. That's what it'd be. More than likely, I think yeah. Lynette is the one who's the better defender. You'd consider, wouldn't he? He's usually quite a solid defender. No, well, just Justin O'Neill's considered to be a defensive player as well. Oh, I thought so. he was quite good. Yeah. Uh, from a coaching perspective, I don't know. It'd be a, a combinations thing. Yeah, I, I'm not too sure. Didn't really pick up on it, champion. I might have to have a. a well, also, it may be that uh, Linnett is a better jumper for the footy. They thought that there were going to be kicks going to that edge, which well, there were. I also think another thing, I saw Justin O'Neill go down again with that dislocated elbow. If you were worried about his arm, which it was his left, you want, would, might have wanted to swap him for his inside shoulder because yeah. he ended up playing yeah. on the left. That would mean his inside shoulder. Is his right shoulder. Is his right. You're kind of shielding him from using that bad arm as yeah. his But again, arm, so. I love the fact that they can play either side. That's yeah, good. It's brilliant. Yeah. Um, and Lynette basically plays like a back row extra forward half time as well. So exactly. They've got versatility. Good question, champion. Simon Fraser, again, Mitchell Pearce, how does he get paid money to play we just professional football? We so, just covered it. So much Pearce hate. Everyone <laughs> hates Mitchell Pearce. But we'll get on to the Facebook questions as they load up. And then obviously we're going to be moving on to Mr. Gossett, like we said before, and getting his thoughts. But Brendan String kicks us off. He says, question for the pod. Why is it when a field goal is kicked, it's impossible to see from the live angle whether it's successful or not? You're basically just waiting for a reaction from the teams or the crowd to see the result. Surely they can change the camera angle in time, especially in the big games. You know, it's no different, um, sort of no different to penalty goals and things like that, I suppose. Well, I think I, it's I just the live camera and you don't see yeah. it coming all the time. They don't really have a camera set behind. Well, it'd have to be if you know they're going to go for a field goal, set spider cam up behind on the 50 or something like that and switch to spider cam for that set. Yeah. Yeah, oh, I don't know. It's not really a big thing for me. I just look for the reference. I'd love says, to see so. it. I'd love to see him set up for it and know whether it's gone over or not. I, can I sort of, I get it. You yeah. can generally tell, though, but yeah, fair oh. enough, champion. Mark Malloy, hey, boys, I heard on the Sunday footy show that Cam Smith doesn't do any heavy weight training. Could this be the secret to his longer ter- uh, longevity and lack of serious injuries? I've always felt Hayne was at his best in 09. He put on all his muscle bulk. If you recall, he started 2010 much heavier and stronger and did his knee in a trial. Another player who was better when he was lighter was Chris Ninu. Could agility be the secret to the ideal player? Could it be modern trainer has it wrong when they pack on the muscle? Well, you need well, a combination. Well, the more muscle you've got, yeah. the tighter your body is. More prone to injury. Yeah, but I so think I, I don't think he needs it. Like you'd rather be, you'd rather have muscle endurance than muscle strength. Yeah. I think in his position, you got to play eighty minutes. He works in the middle. He doesn't have to crank massive weight like he's like Brock said. You got to be fit. You got to have muscular endurance. You got to be mentally tough. And I think. He also recovery in Melbourne second to none. He'd be doing lots of pool work, lots of yoga, lots of stretching. I think all those things make a big difference as well. So I don't think weights are not a bad thing, but more position-specific champion. And I agree that it did hinder Hayne a little bit. He still doesn't move as well as what he did. No. Uh, Wayne Morrissey, when, it, when will it be time for Trent Robinson to address the horrific amount of ball? The Chooks hand over. They're getting to the stage, a wasted opportunity with the players they have. The Chooks led the game on two occasions and should have looked to put the game away, but keep giving the opposition the best opportunity to score via ball and field position. Against the Bronx, Fergo's pass or kicking off dead twice. Yeah, oh, there's a million things here you could say. But, mate, the errors, uh, I think we kind of cover that with Kenny, basically. I think you'd be silly to think he's not trying to address it. I think but he needs to, to drop players. You've got to look at the players, I think, more so, Wayne, and what Brock said. Ferguson's prone to an error. There's a couple of guys in there that are prone to errors. There's other guys that like to push the limit as far as discipline's concerned. Uh, you know, in the ruck, Jared's a bit loose. Narp can get a bit loose. There's plenty of guys there that can come up with silly stuff. Latrell Mitchell, we spoke about the Sava. Uh, kicking the ball dead, but also defensively. Whenever he makes a good shot, he always seems to go too far. The swinging arm the other night didn't get picked oh, up. Yeah. 
Uh, he, he does a little bit of that. I think they've got to just clean their game up full stop, mate, and they've got to be a little more disciplined with ball control. And another preseason, he's going to have to go back to the drawing board and just hammer that home, I think. Stephen Moorcroft, with how well the Cowboys have been going without JT, do you think that this continue on next year if JT decided to retire, or will the bubble burst? If you think it's pretty good to see a team build like this after probably being a one-man team for so long. I don't think they've been a one-man team. They had to uh, they had to develop from being well, a one-man team to win the competition. They've basically, I'm with Brock, they've changed from being... They used to be line. a one-man team. Tamalolo, Bolton are all chipping in. Tamalolo's obviously Lachlan leading the Coop, charge. Jake Granville, yeah, he Michael Morgan. Kicks. Yeah, they've they got a good side. The two dominant side. pieces. Gavin Cooper's another one. Yeah. Wow. But their kick chase, all, all the little things, line speed, kick chase, contact, their intent, they all work hard out of yardage. They all share the workload. Like, yeah. They're a team, but they've got two outstanding pillars in forward and half as far as Morgan and Tamalolo go. Here we go. I think they can work together, though. What have we got here? Patrick Rout, Lions were robbed against the Falcons. Well, they weren't. They weren't. We've seen it. The knee was down. Yeah. I'm going I'm to actually reply to that, and I'm going to post a photo. So well, you can beware. Have fun with that, Patrick. Knee was down. Max McAlor, I'm not a question, just a sad Broncos fan saying, I hate the Storm for being so bloody good and tell us up every game. Ride them, Cowboys. Well, no surprise there. Apologies for that one, champion. Uh, Andrew Pointer, thought of another one, boys. Read a comment earlier today which raised an interesting point. Say the Storm goes down against the Cowboys on Sunday. Would that affect your views or thoughts of Bellamy as a coach? Seven grand final appearances in 10 years for only one recorded premiership and three state of origin losses. No. You got to you got to get there. I, that's the same as Brian Smith. I, yeah, but I don't I don't think it's a slight on Brian Smith for all these grand final losses. Like you got to get there. There's well, plenty of coaches that never I, got to. I can final. also make a big difference on everyone. How long did Brian Smith last at the little Cubs? Craig exactly. Bellamy's built Melbourne. He's yeah. flips all these players. How many of these guys go to Melbourne? Ordinary, you've never heard of them. They play first grade. What happens when they leave? Like forget yeah. just the grand finals. Craig Bellamy's an outstanding coach, mate. It makes me think no less of the bloke. Let's put it that way. Uh, Wayne Stoneman, what the hell is wrong with the Roosters? Four out of five. Past prelims, Chooks have been involved in. Uh, and each time they shit the bed, can't handle the pressure football. Pierce, MIA. JWH did stuff all. It was all talk, no action. We should have well, at least... I think Pierce has copped a lot, hasn't he? And uh, This is my for issue. The, for the fact that Napa and JWH did Zippo. I said this last night. Say what you want about Pierce, but everybody out there, if you've played a game of football in your life, if you're a half or a nine, you can't do anything out there and go forward. I saw someone today say Jake Friend had zero metres, but he had 65 tackles. Yeah. Hello, 13 errors, no go forward. What do you want him to do? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, the halves again. You can only do with, with the platform that's laid for you. I'm not trying to defend Pierce in any way. He wasn't that great, but... You can't solely point the finger every single time. It seems like the easy scope for uh, you know New South Wales and the Roosters. Sean Hamilton Peel, my Aussie wife and I are religious Cowboys fans here in the UK. A half marathon we've entered starts at the same time as the grand final. We are agonising over whether to sacrifice our months of training and miss it to watch the game live on TV. What would you do? You run your race. Now, I'm going to use the run words that I don't use very often. Fuck the marathon. No. Watch the grand final. Watch all three games. No, I know how hard it is to train for those bloody things, and you want to do it and you want to feel that. Look, turn your phone off. Mate, uh, you, record got, it. Yeah. Run your race. Run your race, well, ladies and make gentlemen. Make sure you bloody put a pair of earmuffs on and record those games, champion, if you're going to run the race. Justin White, favourite and best grand final? Uh, the Cowboys-Broncos. That's the best grand final I've been to. Yeah. Like, best grand final that I've watched since I've been alive might possibly be the Manly-Newcastle one. 
I thought that was a very good game. But yeah, live yeah, one. Or you could go to eighty nine. Live one we've attended would be Broncos Cowboys twenty fifteen. Broncos Cowboys better than ninety seven and eighty nine. I think that's the greatest grand final of all time. Yeah, Duncan Bridgeford. How long can Tamalo continue to dominate games in the style he currently plays? He plays such a physical game, and I just wonder how long he can sustain it before injuries set in or he burns himself out. Also, I want to say excellent work with the podcast. Only discovered it this year and have been very impressed. You guys really know your stuff. Keep up the good work. Thanks, mate. Much appreciated, mate. Well, the thing is, right now, the workload is a lot heavier without Scott, without McLean, without all these guys. You think next year he's not going to be burdened as much because they're going to have two premier front rowers again, along with Bolton. you got Hess there. He'll be used in different ways. He'll be able to get to the edge more. He'll be able to be using him more effectively in good ball rather than just as a battering ram. But... Over his career, the 10 years, a lot of people said about that deal, he took unders for what he's going to be. I disagree. He's not going to be able to maintain this for 10 years. So I think 10 million, 10 years was a smart idea by Tamalola. Yeah. When he starts to burn out, I don't know. It's scary because I think he's only 22, 23 years old right now. Um, he was 16 when I was playing 20s at Canberra. I was 20. So he's four years younger than me. So yeah, he's only 23. I don't think we see him burn out or slow down unless he gets a major injury. If it's going to come down to natural attrition and you start to lose that twitch fiber, maybe not until 28, 29, you might start to slow down. I don't know. But he's a freak. Nobody should be that big, that mobile, that powerful. Just He ticks every single box. He's an absolute freak, mate. Yeah. Andrew Ray, I was really rate the Hunters' chance of winning the Interstate Super Bowl this year. Going to be a tough one. Well, they're a tough team, but I think, you know, I, I didn't see a whole lot of them. I saw bits and pieces. I like the Panthers. What about you? That's yeah, hard. without having seen PNG, I like what Penrith dished up last night. Yeah, and Andrew says again, got to say, Cowboys have a lot of momentum. This grand final should be a cracker. Well, fingers hope, mate. Uh, fingers crossed that it is a, a, a good game. Nigel Huntley, grand final will play out like this. Storm starts slow. They will be playing catch-up footy and cows may win if Storm have a perfect game. It's 20-6. to six. That's okay. Storm by 13 plus. Mate, you said Storm wins, so I'm not going to argue with him. I'll I'll take whatever you want as long as the Storm are winning. David Grasso says, as a Cows fan, win or lose, extremely proud of the squad. The Cowboys' second tier of players, as they've been called, have been underrated for some time now and deserve some raps. Hate how the media always looks to promote one or two players as the reason why the team is playing well. And secondly, this third-party salary cap is a joke and should be policed better or make it more transparent. The game is not even close to being even. Moving forward, this area hasn't even been mentioned as an area that needs improvement. Thanks, boys, and keep up the great chat. Go Cowboys. Yep, hard to argue. Their, uh, their depth, and that's that's recruitment. If that you, comes back to good recruitment. Clearly, you listen to the show, and we've sent you a question before. We've talked about the third parties a million times. We don't disagree there. Yeah, they have been smart. Shit. I think there's guys, we've said before, you've got Ponga, Tuala, Ueli, you know, they've had Leary in the past. They've had plenty of guys. Spino when he was there, Sam Hoare. Um, Jensen, who's come up this year. I think Java Bowen would start most of the sides. They've yeah, got really fair. good depth, and they're smart with their 20s kids, and they've got another good couple that they're going to be keeping around. So um, Even a nine, Josh Chudley didn't end up getting to play because he's done his ACL again, but he's been waiting to play as well. So mm. They do really well, the Cowboys, in retaining good kids and uh, finding good value. Jay Strasberg says, Boys, on the back of your calls for Matty Johns to do more serious NRL presenting, I'm also enjoying Finchie's takes on most topics. For yeah, a guy good. perceived as a joker... I think he's got a really intelligent view on the game. What do you guys think? Agree. Jay, agree. We haven't said it on here, mate, but most times we sit on the couch and watch the shows, we talk about how good Finchie has been. Yeah. And, you know, he's a former half. Say what you will about his personality, the drinking or whatever problems he's had. Most halves are pretty switched on and can see the game better than anyone else. So mm-hmm. I'd like to see more of him. And I just, I love Matty's shows, don't get me wrong, but it seems it's gone pure joker. And the best 10 minutes of rugby league talk I saw all year was when he was on NRL 360. Yeah. Because it was purely him talking footy, and he's a brilliant football mind. Um, 
Exactly. So, yeah. Forrest Bell, liability of the year. Adam Blair, honestly, I'm a Broncos fan, born and raised. I think we probably finished at the top of what was expected of us this year. However, I think Adam Blair is a grub who loses us more games and he wins us, and he ended Andrew McCulloch's season. Captain Cheap Shot, what do you think? Well, we've yeah. t- talked about it before. I don't like the way he plays. He sails close to the win. I don't think he's very brave when you hit halves off the ball. Or a lot of the tactics he employs, and you know he's been moved on now to the Warriors, apparently, and hasn't been confirmed yet, but it will be. Uh, I think that's the perfect home for him to go. And uh, you know, I don't think it's going to help the Warriors, to be honest. And if anything, these young forwards, the Broncos, I don't know how they're going to go next year, and I'm not too confident, but I'd rather see Payne, uh, Payne Haas or Pat Carrigan or someone else playing in the front row rather than Adam Blair, to be completely honest. So, yeah, uh, I, I can agree. see your anger as a Broncos fan champion. Diego Montoya, the two most consistent teams in the comp, get to the grand final, storm with their preparation and results, and Cowboys with their efforts and self-belief. Can't remember too many poor performances from either the team this year. As a Storm fan, I'm hoping they go to one better this year, but if any other team deserves it, it's the Cows. Well, I will 100% agree, and I said it during all those losses. Who blew them out this year? I can't remember them blowing them out. And for all the hurdles about to overcome, the record of 13 and 11 says otherwise, Diego, but I, I get what you mean 100% as far as their effort and you know the way they've played every single week, and I'm sure Brock would agree. Yep. They are ultra consistent. Scott Brahaney, hey boys, Cowboys have taken their opportunities in previous weeks with their attack, but I just can't see how they can break down Melbourne's defence. What would they need to do to get points? Also, if Walker Brothers were to coach the Titans, uh, can you two, can you have two head coaches or would it be one head, one assistant? Jeez, no, you sorry. just have the two. One will do O, one will do D. Or they've obviously got a system that works. They just implement it directly into an NRL side, I'd imagine. I think he means on paper, though, like how they oh, write it. I don't, I don't know. No, you'd have both of them in there in a press conference and all that sort of stuff, I'd imagine. you no, do it together. Big deal. And no. Cowboys break Melbourne down more simple. They're going to have to be perfect. They're going to have to turn around. They're going to have to kick well. They're going to have to hope Melbourne make errors. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, like we said, they get a bit loose around the ruck sometimes. So, yeah, just look for those quick play the balls, play off the back of Tamalol in particular. Ben Kirkham, PNG Hunters, how good. Great for PNG Rugby League as a whole. Can't agree, disagree man. with you, Agree, man. Agree. Can't disagree. I think Ben lives up there, so he would have uh, copped an eyeful of it all year. And for the last few years, they've uh, they've creeped their way up the table and good on them. Yeah, 100%. Daniel Friend, no question for me this week. I just wanted to say thanks for the entertainment and all the interaction throughout the year. Enjoy your off-season. Legend Daniel, you too, man. Mate, I said it to everybody out there. If you ever want to message us, inbox us, give us feedback. We're always here. We'll do our best to reply. Just sometimes you've got to be a little bit patient. It might take us a day or two. Andrew Pointer, again, just want to preface that this is not a dig at the storm, and I'm as full on a Broncos supporter as you can get. We deserve what we got on Friday. Can you boys help me understand what separates the storm's dominance in the ruck week in, week out? They seem to be the only team that commits two, three defenders to a tackle, then peel one by one after held has been called by a lot of other teams will all have players peel off at once. Having you boys drop some knowledge on this would be fantastic. Also, you want to get in early and say stellar season again, boys. Loved every week. Thanks, mate. Uh, it's actually illegal to peel off one, two, three. They need to peel off uh, two and one or, or one and two. Mm. I think they get the Storm are very good because they... When they do peel off, it may look as though it's one, two, three, but more often than not, it's one will, will retreat and then the two will get up joined by the sec, the second marker's arm. He'll drag him up off a tackle, which gives the impression from the, the referee, not well, both the pocket and the, uh, the, the main referee or the head referee that they've got off together. Yeah. Uh, look, to me, I, I don't think Melbourne are that clearly dominating the ruck anymore. 
I think a lot of teams, I think Penrith um, in Brisbane, that game was, there was a lot of slow play of the balls in that game. Yeah. Uh, I think Brisbane did a pretty good job slowing down the ruck again on Friday night. I think the Roosters are very good at slowing down the ruck. I think the Cowboys, again, will prove to be very good at slowing down the ruck on the weekend. Uh, look, it's, it's tough. And particularly with a pocket referee there, I don't think you get away with a lot of that. No. The one thing I do think Melbourne get away with a lot of, and, you, and I've said this to you before, when the Titans play them, the hand on the ball is the one that they get they get away with that a lot. Smith's and a pro at it. Look, until the referees start pinning it, they're going to do it. Yeah. And from, the, from that degree, I think they are probably the best at it. The other one that they're, they're very good at is that if it is a if it is a play the ball win to the the attacking player and Melbourne are in on that tackle, they post very well. And what I mean by that is the non-ball carrying arm, they'll pull that arm out. And, and not allow that player to get that post up, which will then allow him to get up off the ground first. Melbourne are very, very good at that. Or or they'll pin that arm with their hand or their forearm and they'll pin that arm down onto the ground. Yeah, slow the ruck down. Yeah. So, look, they're, they're, they're very, very good at it. But yeah. it's not wrestling. Like, wrestling now, every side has a wrestling coach. Wrestling is in the contact. Wrestling isn't so much in getting up off the ground. Wrestling's all about dominance in the contact it's and then positioning on the ground. So... It's more jiu-jitsu stuff. It's yeah. control. It's body control. Jiu-jitsu is about being able to dominate someone with minimal effort who is bigger than you, which is one reason Smith's so good on the ground. Smith yeah. is an and without expert. Allow, having other, well, without it being overt to the point that the referee can see it. But I so, can also bring this back to why they look so good at it and why it's so seamless. They work harder than everybody. Yeah. Simple. They've got it down to an art form. They all master their craft. They've got some really simple things that are just non-negotiables to play on that side. Correct. They all do it to a T. So. Yeah. I hope that... Enlightened you oh, a little man, bit, Andrew. But, but watch, watch, try and watch both sides. I know it's tough when you're you're a Broncos fan and you get knocked out in a preliminary final. And Melbourne, it's easy to say that Melbourne, are oh, they do it? They're the, but watch Everybody. every side. Every side does it. Everybody. Um, yeah. Try and, and if you got to watch the game on on mute, I, I do it all the time. Yeah. Watch the game without commentary because it does impede you. Sometimes impede what you think about a game when you watch it on. Mute, and you've only got your own thoughts and opinions. It's sometimes the best way to watch a game of footy. Matt Bishop, Trent Robbo's bench choice for the prelim final. Interesting having Tupo seems wasted. Yeah, well, agree. It was a waste. You don't carry a winger to play for 10 minutes if he's injured. It's yep. just stupid. Zach Maitland with Cronk, McLean, and Harris, and possibly Billy gone next year. Do you blokes reckon Melbourne will be contenders again? Ah, uh, they'll be in the eight. I will say Melbourne, even if Slater and Cronk go, along with those guys, will be fourth or fifth, I reckon. I reckon mm. they'll still hang around. I'll push for top four, yeah. And then you take the fact that Croft and a few of those guys won't play Origin, uh, they're going to have them the whole season. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Phil Tasker, would you risk playing Matt Scott off the bench or stick with the blokes that have done the job? Yeah, we've spoken about yeah, that. But yeah, I'd we, stick with him. We tend to lean to stick, but if he's. Good enough to go, then pick him. Yep, Matteo Grasso, what in our all games look completely different depending on which team is playing. I'm specifically talking about the speed of the ruck. The two games in the weekend weren't even close to being played or officiated the same. Officiating's got a lot to do with it. Um, it's it's a tough one. I think conditions have got a lot to do with it as well. In that, you know, if it's slippery and wet, it tends to be the rucks tend to be slower. Obviously, if it's dry and fast, the rucks tend to be quicker. I'm not sure what he's leaning to there. He's probably saying that the Cowboys-Roosters game was a little bit quicker than the Melbourne Broncos game. Well, Broncos, I also think that the Broncos attack. Broncos played one They out. played straight into Melbourne and strength. They were um, asking, backing the tackles. Not like you know, There was a lot of dominant rucks in the Melbourne game. But and then you watch uh, what Penrith were doing to Brisbane the week before, and they were doing a similar sort of job slowing down the mm-hmm. ruck. So it's interesting, but it, it's it's tough. I don't know. You'd have to get a, a stopwatch out and stopwatch the rucks, but I don't do that. I, 
sort of watch the game and no no game is ever going to look the same. And if it did, it'd be pretty boring, I would have thought. Yeah, 100%. Uh, what have we got here? David Lawrence, does Ray Dibbs feud with Haslam mean Des won't be origin coach due to Jim mm. being on the New South Wales board? No, I think, yeah, now that he's going down the legal path, I can't see it. Well, happening. actually, now we didn't touch on this. I want to touch on it quickly, but simple as this. How can you take somebody off the market with that heads of agreement in April, announce it, flaunt it, and then say, oh, well, we just didn't get the contract done. I, I think there's legal grounds there. I'm no bloody lawyer. But if you've kept somebody off the market for six months and announced it and had a press conference... So what him, are you saying? He deserves compensation? I'm saying he's going to get a payout. Yeah, okay. I think he has to get a payout. And if it does go to court, I don't think they want it to go to court. They're better off settling behind closed doors because you'll hear a bugger all about it. But I think they just wanted to make it out to all the fans that, oh, we're under control for the mm. fact that the vote's coming up. Oh, we don't have a contract. We've got no liability. There's no money there. But yeah. let's be honest. Surely there's some legal precedent if you took someone off the market for six months. He might have had a crack at the South Drop or something else. Yeah. You denied him the chance, haven't you? Yeah. So, Fair enough. Yeah, I, I, I find it pretty hard to feel that it, it's it's going to go any other way. But, uh, yeah, uh, I don't know. They, they talked about him uh, possibly getting that job. They talked that they wanted to transition that to him before this all happened. So, yeah. interesting, but... That's all the questions. Much appreciated for everybody. We've gone through all the lower grades. We've gone for the grand final. We've had Paul Kennon. It's been absolutely outstanding in all your questions. The last thing we've got to do is get on Mr. Gossip, brought to you by WilliamHill.com. If you're going to have a bet on the NRL or any sport, make sure you do it with William Hill. And he's back for one last time. It is the big finale. Mr. Gossip, how are you doing, champion? Going well, I tell you what. And uh, to get off sort of the NRL topic, uh, don't know whether it's good to be a Panthers fan this week. We won the um, New South Wales Cup, but geez, Papua New Guinea, what a story that is! I'm, I'm almost torn. I'm almost wanting to cheer for the Papua New Guineans. Mate, well, we talked about it before the lower grade stuff, and obviously they got knocked out in the twenties, which was no big surprise because power is loaded. But uh, I called that game last night, the New South Wales Cup, and Penrith. Penrith are very impressive and. Uh, the Hunters, big year for them. Uh, obviously, getting over the line the last two years. I think they won a minor premiership, and the other year they got knocked out in the prelim. But massive story for uh, PNG Rugby League, no doubt about it. Absolute fairy tale too, if it comes through. But I guess one thing I learned over the weekend, boys, is how little I know about rugby league. I tell you what, I didn't think a team could make the grand final outside the top four. I didn't think the Cowboys would make it without Thurston and Scott. And I tell you what, I thought Trent was a, a much better than what he proved on the weekend. I just, I, I'm dumbfounded that he put two back rows in the centres, and um, just, I'm, I'm and Latrell Mitchell on the wing. I just, I'm, are you guys as shocked as I am? Yep. Yeah, mate, we've ran through it, and a lot of fans have had that question come up as well. Um, Joseph Manu watched him play last night in that grand final for Wyong. He was outstanding, and. Wasn't he? Someone like him, he, I don't know why he got pushed out in the first place. If it was for his defense, I'm very surprised because I didn't, didn't think he was anywhere near as bad as what I've seen from uh, you know having Madison play out of position or Latrell when he was in the centers. He had a brain snap or two in him, but Manu, I, I don't know what he did wrong. I really don't. No. No. It's a selection. Absolutely. It's something that um, Brian Smith would have done years ago. It was just a stupid call to make in such a big game. I just still shocked. Yep. Yeah, I'm not blaming you, mate. Oh, it's a head scratcher. Before we move on and oh. talk about these three grand finals, and in particular the big dance between the Storm and the Cowboys, obviously it's that time of year where things are a little bit quiet. But is there any gossip at all? Look, let's let's talk about man. Um, that's come through during the end of last week that, that Joel Thompson 
um, could be joining Manly. Moylan, look, I, I'm hearing different things by Moylan each week. I tell you what, two weeks ago I would have said he's about a 95% chance to leave the Panthers. I'm hearing that Gus and Brandy Alexander as well had a little sit down with him as well, a little chinwag or coffee. And um, it looks like they're doing all they can to keep him stay. So if anyone comes out and says that he signed, it's absolute bullshit because I don't think Moylan even knows what he wants to do yet. I think the best thing for Moyser is to to get away from league for a couple of weeks, a couple of months, and then, then decide. But well, I guess if, if, if you're Manly or, or, or a team that, that wants, you kind of want to know now so you can get your, your cap in order. So time is not on that Moylan side. No, There's one two hour in the background. That's right. There is some time. Uh, there is some time pressure. That's for sure. Because yeah. you know, there's a lot of dominoes that need to fall um, in and around that decision. So yeah, it's something Penrith are going to have to sort out in the next. I would imagine the next fortnight. Well, I think the other big thing for me is now that May's done his knee. You know, I don't think they're going to move straight on to Jerome Luai, but I think they have re-signed him, and so they should. The the great six from the twenties and obviously played cup last night, and I, I think they have to keep Darren Nichols around for a bit of depth, but. I think things are a lot more awkward now in making that decision if they were going to put the money into those kids and keep them around now that May has done his ACL. But um, if it comes down to coach or player, and that has been the big problem, I don't know if he can mend that bridge or not, if that's the issue. That's, that seems to be... Why only they know that? ...the standout issue, and can it be fixed? I don't know. Hmm. But regardless yeah. of that relationship moving forward next year, um, I think full stop, the tactics have to change, and I, I'm still not sold on matters of six, so I, I don't know, but... For Manly, we spoke about this earlier with uh, Paul Kent when he was on. I don't see how Moylan and, and Cherry Evans work together, and I honestly think that Blake Green would be the perfect kind of partner, as he has been for Cherry Evans for someone like Sean Johnson. So, um, you know, see what happens with the, the dominoes as they, if they fall that way. But, yeah, Penrith have to sort their situation out pretty soon, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I mean, you go back to the 80s where Canterbury had such success under Warren Ryan and Steve Mortimer was there and they absolutely hated each other but they still won premierships you know it's just but these days you don't like the coach I want out it's um yeah it's, it's very strange but um look moving on to the Titans um coaches boys I think again if anyone's coming out and saying a coach is a done deal they're talking shit as well um one one coach is weighing on the other coach to make a decision because one as soon as someone does it's going to fall like dominoes so let's just talk about at this stage, who's the favourite? I'm still hearing the favourite is Kelly Walters for the Titans. Um, I know we've spoken about the past couple of weeks. I, I'm not a fan of it at all. Um, Didn't he pull out of the race or not? No. No. I, I'm hearing different, lads. Okay. Yeah, well, you'd know. I, yeah, I've got, I got no idea. I, I'm not a massive yeah. fan of that. Who, who else are you no. hearing? Queensland as well. Yeah, Walker Brothers. Walker Brothers. But, um, what about Maguire? I, I think they're waiting on, on other cases to decide, to be honest. Oh, man. Yeah, tough one. get the dregs. No. Well, well they, and so they should, to be fair. Well, like, they're, they're not the number one job, are they, really? No. So, yeah. And look, they really wanted Maguire, but he doesn't want to leave Sydney because uh, he also was um, talked about for Warrington as well, but he's, he's made it pretty clear that he doesn't want to leave Sydney, so... I mean, it only really leaves for, for the for the Titans that, you know, do they go after Des Hasler? I'm hearing Des doesn't wait to do with them, so... Um, well, to be fair, I'm glad because I don't want anything to do with Des. So. Yeah. yeah. We've said it before. I think Des needs a year off and to take a, a seat back and try and refresh himself a little bit, but... 
Uh, I, I don't really know what they're going to do. I heard talk that Jason Demetrio, who I've been giving raps to, been at the Cutters, been at the Northern Pride, won a lot He's of Queensland Cup and New South Wales Cup things that he wanted before he moved to the Broncos, a long-term deal and some kind of reassurance he was in a good spot. And from all reports... He's an ex-Brisbane coach, but the Titans finally popped up this week, apparently talking to him. I think if you can get your hands on him out of all the ones available, if you can't have Maguire... Well, I, I think Kevy Walters has sort of said he's pulled out of the race because he thinks he's going to get the Brisbane job when Bennett retires. So if well, that's the case, I'd be happy to get Demetrio. I think Demetrio, like I said, out of all of the rookie coaches, if you're not going to give the Walkers a crack... Demetrio I didn't even mention because I thought he'd just stay at Brisbane because that yeah. was basically the conditions of him moving there. No, but. we did sort of mention it, but we said, look, at you know, we expect him to stay there because he's next in line no, up there. But. Either way, I don't know. If I'm him, I don't think I want that to be my first job. I'd stay at Brisbane, to be honest. Mm. Um, so. yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting one on Kevin Walters. I remember when it first first hit, he said on, on Fox that um, he wasn't interested in the job, and the next week he was, he was up there having an interview. So, yeah, look. You know, it's not a, not that bad of a job, really. You've got Ash Taylor, you've got Kane Elgie, you've got Nathan Peets. It's just the glaring one is you've got Jared Hayne there. You've got this big yeah. pimple that no one wants to um, that no one wants to address. So I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It's, it doesn't look that bad of a job for me as a as a coach. But um, yeah, who knows? Yeah, it all falls into place as soon as someone makes a bloody decision and I guess the, the ultimate one is, is the Bulldogs and look it was a two horse race between Dean Pay and, and Madge um, Kimmich apparently is wanted by the players but um, that's a weather dangerous thing when you do what the players want but look I'm hearing the board are 50-50 still on Madge and Pay also hearing Steve Price is an absolute champion of the bloke he might come back to the club um, maybe as a football manager but it would be great to have some more Bulldog players back into that into that culture. I know we speak about culture a lot, and a lot of people think it's a real wanky term. But every club is different, and the Bulldogs really thrive on on culture, and they haven't had that for the past couple of years under Des. Right. Um, I'm one of those I'm one of those wankers that do believe in the Bulldogs' culture. I think if you do get a couple of old dogs in there, um, I think they will be successful again. I know it sounds a bit wanky, guys, but uh, they're just one of those clubs that are a bit wanky. It's <laughs> <laughs> just. One of those clubs that are a bit wanky. That's Dude, there was more wanks in that sentence than a 15-year-old's bedroom. Oh. Jesus. <laughs> it's, it's one of the best, wow. best things I've heard on this show the whole time, I'm, I must admit. It's, oh, dead set. Anything else, champion? Um, no, not really. Look, look, James Maloney, I'm sick of hearing about this vlog. Um, look, <laughs> Warrington won in there throwing big cash at him, but again, he's sort of sitting around and, and waiting for the cash. He's after a big pay deal because he's not getting any younger, of course. Um, South and Knights are sort of sitting in the wings waiting to see what he does. Um, look, he's just about done it all in, in the NRL except won an Origin Series. So um, if he goes, let him go. Yeah, well, I think... It's gotten to that point now. If Penrith weren't interested in the trade deal with Moylan, that's not going to happen. The Newcastle thing, they've already spent money or got young blokes there. That's not going to happen. Souths have already got their spine sorted and that got floated. That's not happening either. So um, unless he goes back to the Warriors, but the Sharks want something in return and they've got him for another season. So Mm. I didn't think it was that big a deal to at least give him an extra 100K considering they spent money everywhere else. But clearly they're standing by their contract. They got him for three years, so, you know, they're, they're well within their rights not to pay him anymore. So. Play on. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. All righty. Yep. Let's right, do this. Yep, that's it for us, boys. All right. Well, if that's everything you got as far as the gossip is concerned, the tipping comp, I wrote the numbers down, but, mate, it's over. Uh, you're already full, yep. full clear from me. I can't get you this week. Even is with this his first games. title? First tipping comp? I think comp? it is. Yeah, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah it is. Would you? 
It uh, is. I think so, champion. Yeah. But four clear. So okay, you're, you're off the nudie run. <laughs> you're off the nudie. Everyone's got one now. I think this is. I don't know. I don't know. I think I might have only won one. Who, I, I think know. I've won. I've no, I've won two. Well, let's just celebrate the fact you've won, Mister Gossip. Round of applause. Yeah. <laughs> you've got the win, but uh, under twenties grand final, and uh, I, I would bring you odds brought to you by WilliamHill.com, but there is none because no, disappointing. You can't bet on it. But quickly looking at this one, uh, the Eels probably the more powerhouse side here. The Manly side come out of nowhere, finished eighth, a bit like the Cowboys. So the Cinderella boy of the under twenties grand final, Cinderella. but. Uh, I'm going to be back in the eels in this one. They've got a couple of guys to me that look like first graders. The dream run of Manly has been good. I hope we get a good game, but uh, eels. I'm going the eels. Eels. Yeah, look, eels won plenty. And as they go, the Panthers a good punch up uh, the other week. But uh, Manly, I tell you what, the other twenty is a couple of years ago they were a joke. They were getting lapped, so yeah. we can prove them from them. Yep, and uh, moving on to the State Cup final, the New South Wales Cup winners, obviously the Penrith Panthers. Uh, people caught an upset last night. Uh, last night, It's not an upset. They had yeah. more players in and out than anyone else, much like the Warriors. Um, I thought, you know, that maybe last week we'd seen the grand final between Wyong and uh, I think it was obviously the Warriors there. But Penrith got a couple back last night, and they turn up and they just bashed them. PNG, obviously, won the... The Queensland side of things, three is in now. Great success for it. Story for them. I haven't seen a whole lot of PNG, but I'm going to back the Panthers to win this one just simply because I think they're a bit more structured, a bit more disciplined. And uh, I don't know. I really like the really like Nichols. I like the forward pack. They were, they were great last night. Heart and head. Uh, my heart says PNG. Head says Penrith. So I'll tip PNG. I want to see PNG win. There you go. Yeah. I think I'll be happy either way, lads. But. Um... And as loyal as I am to my Panthers, geez, I'd love to see PNG win it. It would please a lot more people than, than, than it would at Penrith. Um, I'm going to tip the, the PNG boys. Why not? There you go. Well, the odds for that one with WilliamHill.com, the State Cup final. It is $1.67 for the Penrith Panthers. They are the favourite. The Hunters from Papua New Guinea, they are two twenty, and the line is minus 2.5 for now. But on to the Big Dance champion. We've been over it plenty, given some thoughts, given some predictions. So... We'll let you take the floor. What, what do you reckon about these two sides, and who do you think is going to win? Look, I, I, look it's, I'm not putting my balls in the line. I think the Storm win. I think it'll be close at half-time, pretty much like the Broncos game, but then the, they'll blow them off the park. I think the Cowboys, um, not that they've had a soft run into the grand final, but you know they, they played a rooster side that um, made late changes that didn't work. Sharks really weren't in, in, in good form. Um, but look, people can say the Storm too weren't in great form but it's their defence the Storm defence hasn't gone any um, and defence wins your premiership so on the back of defence you, you can't go past the Storm I ain't gonna win it score what do you reckon alright well what, um, what we'll do here score? we've got yep. the uh, we've got the winner we have the score we've got first try we've got Clive Churchill so a little bit similar Jesus. we do when we do the origin stuff and we'll get the odds here from WilliamHill.com, but first and foremost, we're all obviously tipping the storm to yep. win this grand final. Yeah. So look yep. at the odds here with WilliamHill.com. A dollar twenty-seven are the storm. Three eighty-five you get for the Cowboys. Minus ten is the line. One to twelve storm two eighty and for the Cowboys is five dollars. Thirteen plus storm two fifteen and fifteen dollars for the Cowboys. The over under for this one is thirty. Six points, uh, clean sweep there. A scoreline, uh, I'm going to say 20 to 10, Melbourne. 20 to 10. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say 26 10, Melbourne. 26 10. Gossip, what do you reckon? I've just written it down the way boys were talking. I've got 25 10. Oh. I've got a, I've got 10 all at half time. 
Wow, even more specific, but everyone's got 10 for the Cowboys, so a couple of meat pies, but Melbourne to get at least uh, four and a couple of kicks there. First try. Uh, I'm going Vunny. You're going to get on the Vunny? Vunny, yeah. It's theirs. Well, option, either, either of the Storm Wingers. Like Vunny, I was on Vunny on uh, Friday night, and he dropped it over the frigging line. Yeah, he did bloody drop but it over could the could always seek me. Bastard. <laughs> Had me swearing at the TV, <laughs> didn't he? But... Uh, First try score. I love back rolls in grand finals. We all know that. I have a bit of an obsession with uh, the old back rolls. I'm going to go old Felice. Felice to crash over first. Yeah, I'm going a bit of a fairy tale. I'm going Slater for the first try score. Mm, Billy! Mm, Billy. My old favourite. Mm, Billy! Well, first try scorer, Billy Slater. Ten dollars. The favourite uh, with William Hill is Suliasi Vunavali, which is Brock's pick. Six dollars. Yep. Will Chambers will get your third. Eh? Put 15. your bet on and get in the queue. Curtis Scott, Addo Carr, the other winger. Eight dollars. Good odds there. Munster and Cronk at twenty-one. Bromwich thirty-four. Fifty-one for Smitty or McLean. Uh, Felice, my pick. A bit of value for everybody out there for WilliamHill.com. Twenty-one dollars for him. Uh, Harris on the other edge. Twenty-three. Well, if you're going to get, if you're going to go back rows, just back both. Just have 10 bucks on both. Yeah, well, if you get a win, yeah. or five bucks on both. You're yeah. up. But uh, your first try scorers market for the Cowboys side of things, if you were going to pick somebody from there to score first, who would it be? For the Cowboys? For the Cows, I uh, think. I'd have a look at someone like a Tao Malolo, uh, I don't know, Michael Morgan. I think I'd go again, either a, a Morgan or a Felt, to be honest. Felt just seems to be the one that usually gets their first try. He's 15. Morgan, you said 26 there. What price are they to not score a try at all? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I'd have to find. I'm sure there'd be something in here with William Hill. There's over 116 markets. Yeah, go into go down to the down. Go, scroll back down. Go down to where it says uh, Mel, uh, Cowboys first try scorer. So I should have it in there. They don't score a try. What price? No North Queensland try six dollars. Oh, get on. Oh, that's rueful says. Well, they kept Brisbane out. Very good odds for WilliamHill.com, according to Brock. $6 a Cowboys don't score a Look, try. I'll be having a little lobster on it. After all the chin wag and all the love and support and the previews we've done here, you've just shot every Cowboys fan down, so you're not going to get no, a No, I just think Melbourne are... Well, they're the best defensive side, so I don't think I've, I've offended anyone. Don't take yeah, it well, personally. If you like Tamalolo, he's uh, he's quite short here with William Hill. He's $11 to score... Uh, so that's first try for the Cowboys. Oh, first try for the Cowboys. Yeah. All right. Well, going back to the actual first He's try. He's 23, score, I think. Tamalolo's $26 to crash over. The back rows for them, Low Cooper, 26 and 34 Greenville. Bit of a try sneak, 26 bucks for him. Yeah, I'd probably back Tamalolo, Low and Cooper would be the three I'd back. All right. Well, we've got our first try scorers. The last thing here for all the punters out there is the Clive Churchill medal. So, yeah. I'm with you. I'm with Slater. I'm going Billy. Said it before. I think uh, him or Cronk in potentially their last games, but I, I don't know what it is. I just get the feeling that Billy is really going to want to make up for missing out on last year's grand final. Yeah, I tend to lean that way as well. I'm feeling very fairy tale today, boys, so I'm going to go Cronky. Cronk. Mm. Who's, who's the more likely to retire, you think? Cronk. Oh, Cronk. Slater. I think Cronk 100%. Yeah. Billy's I think still... if they win both. Yeah. I thought it was weird that um, uh, who was it? Lockyer came out and, and pretty much said that Slater's pretty much done and dusted and he will retire after the World Cup. I don't know. I, I tend to think he's got more football still left in him. I hope he does him go yeah. around again. And I think he's done 299 games. What a way to end. It really irks me. And I know people <laughs> said you don't think he'd play for one more game. Surely he can get like a one day contract or something NFL well, stuff. Why aren't they getting a yeah. testimonial? No, that's for Smith and Thurston. Why wouldn't Slater get one? I don't know. Back accounts in the game. Mate. I want him to play a 300. I want all three of them to have played 300. I want, mm. I want a bit of memorabilia. I love me memorabilia. It's good. 
Well, couldn't he just play for a dollar contract, play one game, retire? Yeah, NRL would probably bring up some kind of investigation and find another set of books and fry me, not fry me again somehow. But with WilliamHill.com, our picks are all near the favourites. Cameron Smith is the shortest favourite for the Clive Churchill with William Hill, three dollars. Cooper Cronk, five fifty for you, gossip. Seven bucks for Billy for us. A nice talk during the week. I think last year I backed months to get it. Uh, it didn't happen, obviously. He's eleven. The two standouts, obviously, if you're going to back the Cowboys, William Hill for the Clive Churchill, Morgan Tamalolo, uh, eleven and thirteen dollars. Um, some other players here. If Martin has a good game, twenty six. Granville or Cooper, thirty four apiece. Uh, if Felice has a big game, thirty four bucks. Tohu Harris, Bromwich, twenty one apiece. Is there a real outlier you could see? Someone like a Fanuka just having a ridiculously no. filthy game and scoring a meat pie at sixty-seven dollars. No, and even if there is, I won't give it to him anyway. No, there you you're go. talking about the Australian selectors, mate. Yeah, you're right. You've, you've made a fair last point. year. They like Fafita was the best player on the field, and they gave it to Luke Lewis. And they just went, "We don't like you, Andrew yeah. Fafita, Luke Lewis." Here you go. <laughs> We're fucking old dudes in a room that have to vote on it ten minutes before full time. The system's fucking broken. It's a joke. Yeah, last ten minutes. And, Ke- and Smith, Slater, and Cronk are the, are the like. With all due respect, but they're, they favoured sons to the Australian selectors. Yeah, rightfully so. Yeah, that's There's fine. But what I'm everything. saying is, like, if Melbourne win, one of them's getting it. And yeah. if they don't, I'll happily come on here and admit that I was wrong. But 100%. It's not very often I'm wrong. Well, there you go. We've got uh, all the odds and tips brought to you by WilliamHill.com. We're a clean sweep on the 20s, but you can't bet on that on Parramatta. PNG, you blokes are both on them. I'm on the Panthers. So $1.67 with William Hill for the Panthers, two twenty. The PNG and the NRL game. We're clean sweep on Melbourne at a dollar twenty-seven. Uh, we've got our scores. I've got twenty ten. Brock twenty six ten. Gossip twenty five ten with ten all at half time. First try scorers. I've got Felice. Brock's gone. Vonnie, you've got Billy and the Clive Churchill. We're both on Slater. You're on Cronk. All those odds brought to you by WilliamHill.com. Uh, they've got the Dalian medal. I'll have a quick chat about that for the odds there. William Hill have got Cameron Smith a dollar, right? That Cameron much, Smith wins it. That tells so, you everything you need to know. Yeah, righto. Move on but to without Smith. They've got a market without Smith. Yeah. So here's the argument. Plot without Winks. Cherry Evans had a bit of a streak there. Um, then he went quiet. I'm going DCE. And then people have got Widop up there, and they've got him right up there as well. So no, they've got Pierce, Gallon, Slater. I don't think any of those guys are getting near him. And Morgan, those wins at the back end, he wouldn't have got enough points. So Widop or Cherry Evans, who do we think polls more votes? DCE. I'll go DC, but it wouldn't surprise me if Widop ended up jagging it. But you can get five dollars for Widop or five fifty for DC. What do you reckon, Gossip? Without Smith? Yeah, I like I like Widop. Uh, I'm going to have a little lash on that too. I, I like Widop. Well, there you go. There's your five dollars. If you think there's an outsider, Paul Gallon at seven. You got Slater at nine dollars. There's six dollars for Pierce. Morgan at thirteen. Uh, Norman at fifteen. I, I can't see any of these guys getting close, to be honest. No. So if you're going to bet value on the Daly M's for Wednesday night, there's your value right there. Dollar eight for Smith. You're not even going to bother. But the market without we up at five dollars or DC at five fifty. Take your pick. But that's another season done. Grand final in the bag. It's it's been a good one, I think. Uh, you know, things dragged on a little bit during the Origin period, like we said. But I've really enjoyed the finals and. I think the two best storylines possible in this one. We've got the big three. Can they finish things off the proper way? And you've got the Cowboys, the momentum story against consistency. Gossip, much appreciated champion as always. Fantastic. It's been a hell of a ride since day dot to now, and we appreciate everything you do. No worries, boys. It's been a good year. And um, let's see if we can end it on a fairy tale for, for the Storm boys. 100%. Let's see if that happens. And these tips, odds, and all the bullshit we talk during the year and all these last couple of years is brought to you proudly by WilliamHill.com. If you're going to have a bet on the NRL Grand Final, any sport, make sure you do it with William Hill. And we have to thank them again always 
for helping with our charity account. Uh, you know, the Great Walk Foundation, we've had plenty before that. The Shepherd Centre, helping deaf children have a voice. And we've gone to the Starlight Foundation. We did the, uh, I think we did the, the Labradors. We did the Labradors. The Guide Dogs Association. So there's plenty of good things there. So most people think betting corporations evil. You're wrong. They've also got a heart too. Yep. William Hill, you have a heart. They'll take your money and give it to charity. <laughs> They'll give it to charity. That's <laughs> right. They gave to Mickmocks like us the opportunity to have a charity account. Yep. So great. Gossip, mate. Enjoy Grand Final Sunday. And again, a big thank you. And I'm sure all the fans out there, send your love in for Mr. Gossip and we'll pass it on. Hit him up on Twitter. You can find his Twitter handle. Thank Mr. Gossip for all his efforts. He'll probably send an offensive photo or yeah, something outstanding. to him. Yeah. <laughs> Again, <laughs> uh, thanks, thanks, boys, and I look forward to ch- uh, chatting with you next year. No worries, champion. See you, buddy. See you, lad. And there you have it, a massive grand final preview show. A big thanks must always go to Mr. Gossip for all his contributions this year. If you want to hit him up on Facebook or Twitter, you're more likely to find him on Twitter. His handle is at NRL Gossip. Uh, we always appreciate having him on. He does an outstanding job and we have to thank, like we said before, WilliamHill.com for their charity account and supporting our tips and the odds and everything brought to you uh, thanks to WilliamHill.com from the Mr. Gossip side of things. But what about that? A huge show. You've got the ISP rundown, Queensland Cup, New South Wales Cup under-20s. We've previewed those games, who we think is going to win as well as the big one, the NRL decider. And we had Paul Kennon from NRL 360, Journo for the Daily Telegraph and also on Triple M. Uh, Sunday NRL. Uh, he's always great to get on a very smart football mind, but we've reached that point. The season is coming to a head. We have consistency in the Melbourne Storm, one of these sides that look to make history, a very winning side, the big three, Craig Bellamy, and a lot of youth against the momentum team, the Cowboys down and out, missing their two stalwarts, JT and Scott. They've fought through the finals, and they've arrived now with the best forward in the game, James Tamalola, and possibly the premier half now in Michael Morgan. Fingers crossed we're in for a cracking NRL grand final between the Storm and the Cowboys this week. If you support either side, best luck to your team. For everybody else out there, if your team didn't make the eight, fingers crossed for next year or obviously if they missed during the finals and progressing, fingers crossed again that they move on uh, and do better things in 2018. But we are here now. Storm, Cowboys, grand final Sunday. You have to get a little bit excited. Uh, we have to thank WilliamHill.com again and Richmond Residential. Remember, if you want any help with strategic financial management consultancy, they are the ones to do it. They deliver a broad range of wealth creation solutions. They do home equity loans, commercial loans, mortgage restructuring, debt consolidation, refinancing, superannuation. Uh, if you want to contact them on 0288244000, follow them on Facebook or LinkedIn, and you can get a complimentary strategy session. So thanks to Ange and uh, the people there at Richmond Residential along with William Hill. But for everybody, it's not the last show. We're going to have a grand final review and season review of all 16 teams afterwards. And then we have our award show, The Fifths. We might have that as one big show, but there is still more to come. But it's getting close now, isn't it? We've said goodbye to Mr. Gossip and all the main stuff is done. The grand final, the Melbourne Storm versus the North Queensland Cowboys. Who will be the premier in 2017? You'll have to watch the football on the weekend to find out. But for now... Enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? Where, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Yeah. 
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.